This audio orgasm is not safe for work and is strictly for adults only. Now, let's get it on. What? Jody, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Okay, now. I hope you fucking overdose on cocaine! Now, let's say Poe Boys Podcast. Welcome to the Poe Boys Podcast! How can we fuck your day up? <laughs> Beautiful. Welcome to the Poe Boys Podcast. We don't think rape is good, but we turn a blind eye. Rape, 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 rape on the first fucking date. You can always assume that Texas is leading the way with murdering people. Now, speaking on that, as a as an individual. As a person with thoughts and cares and emotions and whatever, I feel like emotionally we have the right to go, yeah, fuck that dude, right? Or lady or whatever she is, whatever the person is, fuck them, murder them, get rid of them, put them out in the middle of the fucking county seat at the courthouse so the whole ass public can line up. And take shots if they want to. Like if I want to take my gun down there and on oh, the count shit. of fucking three, two, one, yeah. shoot. Emotionally as a person, yes, I want to be able to do that because you fuck around and find me some raped dude a that's bunch of kids, yeah, raped um, nine, nineteen fucking yeah, sure. eight year olds. Yes, give me. 30 fucking minutes with that dude and I will give you 28 and a half minutes back because that's how long it's going to take. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's illegal to shoot a dead body. If he's already dead, you should probably get a couple rounds in, you know? (laughs) Right. And that's an emotional... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Can you please get rid of the ban on how many fucking bullets I can have in my clip at one time because I would greatly enjoy... His dead body just laying there, and I just fucking unload sixty yeah, fucking just rounds. Just Swiss cheese out of a motherfucker. Please and thank hey. you. Yes, that's an emotional <laughs> inside of you thing, and I think most people are cool with that. I'm up and gone every day at dawn, just a working like a regular dog to keep the woman and the water and the lights and the phone turned on. I've been saying yes, sir, all day at work. I've been saying yes, ma'am, at home. Saving up my curse words and keeping them under my tongue. I need a little time off bad behavior. The devil in me done been asleep too long. I need a little time off bad behavior. It looks like I've been too good for too long. Well, I went to a company party. I didn't even drink enough to get high I met a preppy little wimp I should have whipped but I let him slide Old ham on the crawl Got the law paid off Dealing blackjack Saturday nights And I could triple my take home pay If it weren't for my wife Need a little time off Bad behavior The devil in me Alright, hello Hello, welcome to the Poe Boys Podcast. I'm your host, that motherfucker Jody B. And tonight, a uh, special guest, a long time coming, a long time in the making. This man uh, is somebody I came across last year. 
Uh, I mean, we met before, but this is the first time we interacted. The Delvin Cox Roast. So this is where, affectionately, uh, we made our acquaintance. And uh, we made sure to make it almost an entire year before we sat down and did a show together. So that's awesome. The host of the Bearded Idiots podcast, and most recently the What the Harmon podcasts, Curtis and Terry, his wife. Hey. Hey, Hello. guys. How it are you? It's been a long time coming, man. It's been, uh, has it been almost a year since the Delvin Cox yep. Roast? So Delvin's birthday is the same as mine. And we did it uh, March, middle of March, right before COVID hit, like steady. It was right when it was starting out. So, yeah, man, we, we hit it by about uh, nine months. Could have had a baby by now, Curtis. We could have had a baby. Oh, I bet it would have been cute, too. It's a good thing we didn't meet in real life because that could be an actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We're both married men. This isn't good. It's, it's going to end up messy. That's what I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we knew each other. I mean, you know, in passing through the the Twitter groups and all that kind of jazz, which if you've heard that particular episode of Delvin's podcast, we came into it with zero plan. Like you came in, you had on like a costume and fucking you had jokes written and we showed up and for like 15 minutes before we before the thing started. We were looking at you like, what the fuck are we going to say when that when they point the, the camera to us and it's our turn and. We're like, fuck it. This is how we do our podcast, right? We don't yeah. come in with a plan. We don't fuck. Let's just do it this way. That's how we. That's how we roll. So that whole segment was a hundred percent shooting from the hip. It's still impressive because, dude, I've done a couple of them. I'm not tooting my own horn. I am in no way, uh, shape, or form a comedian, but I like roasts, and we've done a few. And it's funny to see, you know, some people try, some people don't, some people do the work, some people don't. Yeah. And you know, when it's time to do it. You either you do it or you fall flat on your fucking dick, and I think you guys did a great job off the the cuff. That was that was some good stuff. So I'm happy to have met you guys, and I'm happy to uh, to have you here tonight at my clubhouse, man. Yeah, we've been wanting you on ours for a while. It just the uh, you know the scheduling is always a fucking shit show. There's three of us, and getting us together in a room is a big enough hurdle. And then when you try to coordinate with other podcasts, it just you know your schedule is a little bit different than some of the other folks. So it's just been hard to get you on. On the TBI. I don't know three people that I like well enough to sit and talk to on a regular basis, let alone every week or every two weeks, <laughs> whenever the fuck. I would get tired of that quick. That's why I don't have a co-host. Right. And, you know, you know Brian does that. Brian from the Herfcast, he does the same thing. He's just like you. It's just him. And if he doesn't have a guest, then he just doesn't do a show. He, he's very relaxed about it. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, you know, he doesn't take it. I mean, he takes his show serious. Don't get me wrong, but... It's not like a concerted effort that he puts right. into it. Well, it's not a fucking job. Right. And if it becomes a job, then it's not fun anymore. Exactly. That's kind of the point, man. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that you guys know. You just hit an anniversary, didn't you? What is it? Three years, four years? Something We're like that? Right up on, <clears throat> what is it, Terry? April or something of, of yeah. this year will be three years yes. that yeah. we've been posting? Correct. See, I'm at four. And I took a, dude, I hit a, a lull. Uh, I did my first two years solid. You know, I'd put them out trying to do every week. I might miss a week here or there, but I still had the show. It's just I had to get yeah. it done and put up. And uh, yeah, man, after I hit that hundred mark, I just kind of slowed way down. I said, you know what? I'm just going to put the shit out when I get good and ready uh-huh. to. Because at this point, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I like doing this and uh, I don't want it to be stressful. So, right. I do what the fuck I want now. Yeah, we talked about it quite a bit on uh, on Brian's most recent episode. 
Yeah, I listened to it. That's why I know you guys have been not feeling some kind of way, but at least having the conversation. Dude, at this point, that first 100 episodes is just for you to figure out that you like doing this and that you want to keep doing this. That's all. After that, you do whatever the fuck you want. Getting to 100 is puts you in a percentage of people that most podcasts don't even get to. Right. And then the hard part is keeping the shit going after 100 because now you've done 100 episodes of your show. Right. You know, my job is pretty steady. I mean, my my schedule is... It fluctuates a little bit, but it's just, it's not that crazy. Like, I can pretty much guarantee you I'm going to be home on the weekends, right? Like, my job takes me, I, I travel for it. Aaron Bailey's is, him. Mean, he does the same fucking thing every day, week in, week out. His his shit doesn't flux like around holidays. <clears throat> and now that, you know, Kelly's back in the workforce, and his schedule is a little bit different than ours. You know, he works, a, I guess what you would call like a swing shift. You know what I mean? It's like. Like it changes? No, not really. It changes, but it's like it's a. the night shift. Yeah, it's like fucking noon to midnight. You know what oh, I mean? It's okay. a weird fucking... Like when me and Aaron are, are 100% available Monday through Friday, Kelly is guaranteed not to be available during those hours, right? <laughs> so it, it threw a little wrench in it, but you know when you figure it out. But it, it does... You understand, You start to understand, like you see these fucking YouTube assholes and they... You see them whining about fucking YouTube burnout and... Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just fucking all day, every day. It's, it's, it's the most stressful job I've ever had making this fucking YouTube video and all this kind of shit. It's like, really, dude? You're fucking at your house. What the fuck? And, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. And then I'm sitting here as like a side project with this stuff going, you know, there's some stress involved, you know, juggling schedules and, you know, trying to keep up a, I don't know if you want to call it a fan base or whatever, but we have people that listen. Listeners. That's yeah. a good word. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's got to be some effort involved right like you you've yeah. got to do the damn thing especially when you have like patrons they're giving you money there it puts a whole nother thing on it right they're they're investing in you hopefully because they believe in what you're doing but it, it does put a little pressure on you and there comes a point to where you have to start evaluating that as a as a quality of life thing see i avoided patreon because i would be more insulted by having and i don't know how many patrons you have so please don't take this as a shot i would be I would feel weird if it was like three people. Like I'm dancing for three people, yeah, you know, yeah. forever. Like oh, at a no. certain point, I'm like, what am I doing this for? Especially if I'm doing extra shit. Like I would end up just trying hot sauce, like just whatever the fuck I could <laughs> walk around the house and, and take shit. five minutes. Yeah. I wouldn't sit down and do something for an hour. I would try to figure out how to do something mm-hmm. for five minutes and then post that a bunch. Right. Exactly. And you know, we don't have like, trust me, we ain't, fucking getting rich off this shit by any stretch. As a matter of fact, we steadily, because we chose to be a whiskey review upfront podcast, right? Yeah. It's like something well, it's that a good all pre- three of so us written. It, that is the deal with the Bearded Idiots. It is a whiskey review show first and foremost, correct? Yeah. I mean, we start every episode with, I mean, it's either, mostly it's whiskey, but, you know, we will try some beers and, you know, we'll dip off into other little things here and there, but... Uh, that's it's, it's an expensive hobby. Just being a whiskey yeah, no person is, is an expensive thing. But when you're trying to, you've got to do 52 shows a week or 52 shows a year, and every one of those needs to have a new whiskey in front of you. And yeah. whiskeys all of a sudden are anywhere from, you know, eight to ten dollars a bottle on the very low end up to one hundred and twenty five dollars if you really want to, you know, and more. Yeah. Becomes an expensive thing. So I feel like the good thing is there's three of y'all. And in some cases, Terry, I don't know if she drinks whiskey. So it's like if there's three or four of y'all, at least y'all could chop that up a little. Hey, man, give yeah. me 20 bucks. So I'm not eating all a fucking $200 bottle of whiskey. Like, Yeah. And we, we try to do that. It's like, okay, well, yeah. we record twice a month. We put out four episodes a month, but we record twice a month. 
So it's like, okay, this week we got to have two whiskeys on the table. What's it going to be? Well, Kelly is a, he's way more into whiskey than me and Aaron. Like me and Aaron like it. Don't get me wrong. But Kelly, it's like a, it's a thing for him. Yeah. I've watched you know a I mean? couple episodes of his show too, of just the straight up whiskey reviews with Kelly. Right. Yeah. And he's got that as going as well. So we share across that. If he's, he, he's going to invest into his YouTube channel. Right. And we're yeah. going to invest as a group into the podcast itself. Uh, and then we cross share. If Kelly's got a bottle that he bought specifically for his YouTube channel, he shares it onto the show. And if we bought something strictly for the show, nine times out of 10, when we walk out of the room, we're leaving that bottle there for him to review on his channel. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a, there's a shared effort there. For the folks at home that don't know, Kelly Redbeard Sparks is a co-host of the show. Uh, he looks like an Irish pirate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe a beer, like a... I don't know, like a bridge troll. Like yeah. it's a fantastic yeah. beard, but he's a terrifying looking man. So yeah. just so you guys know, like he has a YouTube channel where he sits there with his ginger beard and he fucking tries whiskey. <laughs> and it's interesting. I mean, just to hear him kind of do his thing, you're just like, this guy does not look like he would be drinking whiskey on the internet. Just YouTube going, oh, I like the barrel. Right. It smells real oaky. Mm, it smells so good. You get like a burst of apple cinnamon right off the front. Finishes very quickly. Yeah, I can I can get some cinnamon on the nose now. I mean, it's just a classic bourbon. It really is. So tasty. Befriend your associates at the liquor store, at your package store, or whatever, and they they'll put you on to some blends once they come in. Spend some money and share your whiskey with folks, and uh, it's all about giving back. <laughs> right. His his whiskey <laughs> reviews is you know he's probably not the, obviously he's not the most popular whiskey review guy on youtube that's probably like the whiskey tribe guys but the thing that i love about his channel is it's no frills he literally yeah. has he's got a decent camera he's upgraded that over time but he's got a little a quick intro into his video he's got a a one light system he ain't like studio lights he sits down with the the bottle gets right to the point this is yeah. what it tastes like this is what i think this is my opinion move on with your fucking day you know, it's like when you go to look up a, a recipe online, like, hey, man, I want to make some fucking home, uh, some homemade jalapeno poppers. And you've right. got to read 40 fucking scrolls I of fucking a fucking story <laughs> before you get to the recipe, yeah. right? And well, he One that time guy. at my grandma's house, yeah. we were having a barbecue. When I was it's little, like, yeah. where are the ingredients, motherfucker? <laughs> right. Exactly. So he doesn't. he's not that guy. He's like, hey, this is the bottle. This is how much I paid for it. This is what I think about it. Move on. Right. Well, sometimes his dog makes an appearance, but yeah. That takes a little bit longer. People love but. Bonnie, and he makes sure that you know yeah. she gets her airtime. Kelly seems like a good dude, and it's just funny. Like I said, he doesn't. It's weird to see some of these grown people that I've interacted with over the internet when you finally meet face to face, and it's like, how did you even get into podcasting? Are we just bored? <laughs> you <laughs> right. seem like you should be out shooting pool or fucking I don't know. And I think most people it's that are into podcasting like us. I think a lot of people were inspired by Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? He started his podcast in his bedroom over like some weird ass streaming service back in the day. You know what I mean? It was god awful quality and he figured it out and moved on. Of course, Rogan being Rogan, obviously his shit grew, you know, exponentially. But I feel like that's where mine came from. I was like, I'm sitting around driving down the road listening to this fucking asshole talk to these people. It's like that's the same kind of conversations I have with my buddies. Right. It's the same story we all have. Or right. you were inspired. You want to leave a thing mm -hmm. for your kid. Like, everybody has their thing. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, that's one thing I can appreciate about podcasting. I've definitely met a vast uh, 
spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that. And podcasting, I guess, has done that. So go yeah. podcasting. <laughs> and I, exactly. I don't think I'll ever not do it unless something else comes along. I mean, who the fuck knew podcasting was going to be a thing 20 years ago, right? Yeah. More or less. I- what it's going to be 20 years from now. You know what I mean? But I feel like I will stay in the vein of whatever this medium is just because of that exact reason, right? Hopefully you can come across new people and open your mind a little bit to, you know, their lives and they open it to yours. And, and hopefully that this becomes a thing that the internet, what I, what I feel like it's true intent is to give us an understanding of what it's like to be a guy with a gunshot wound in Arkansas, right? Yeah. Without podcasting, nobody is going to know that particular, that very narrow spectrum of life, right? And it's it's a beautiful thing that if you take it in, it, it, particularly if guys like us, you know, honor that, then and guys like Delvin and and Brian Stessel, where they go into it with a, yeah, maybe I can make a little change off the side of this. Maybe it's a little side hobby. Maybe I can, you know, a little side hustle, right? More or less just to pay for itself of being able to do it. Right. That's the goal, I would think. Everybody would want to make enough money to pay for equipment and monthly costs. That was what I would consider a successful podcast. Right. If you want me to be honest, it doesn't take much. That's, no. That's it. And if Just you've got costs. 25 people on a regular basis that listen to your shit and they enjoy it and you get to interact with them you know, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, then yeah, it's a win. Yeah. You know, you, not everybody's going to end up like the Rogans and the... Uh, this American life and right. you know all that kind of shit where they're making fuck tons of money doing the damn thing. Well, most people, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. The overwhelming majority of people that podcast are not going to be those people. I've said that podcasting, to, from just an observation, is kind of like, you know when you go to the state fair, you're walking down the midway where all those barkers are hanging on a thing going, hey, come over here and fucking right. throw a dart in the balloon. Yeah. So podcasting is basically that, but forever. Like, it's... Yes. I don't know what from New York to LA, like it's that far because there's that many podcasts. So if you just imagine walking down a midway. That's what podcasting is. We're all trying to do that, right? So some people are closer to the front, some people are closer to the back. Some people have good stuff, some people have bad stuff. But we're all just yeah. wrangling motherfuckers in, right? One at little a time by little. for the most part, <laughs> yeah. right? Little by little, bit by bit, you're carving out your little corner of the world where people know who you are, they know your experience in life, and hopefully. You carve out a time in their day when they listen to you once a week, twice a month, whatever it is, and they go, well, that part of my life could have sucked more. Right. You know what I mean? It could have been that way was worse. fun. Yeah. Right. I didn't mind listening for that hour. That wasn't a waste of my time. <laughs> yeah. So long as we ain't wasting people's time. And that, you know, it's like imposter syndrome, right? We go through that sometimes. It's like, why in the fuck do people listen to us? Right. You know what I mean? It's like I get maybe the front of it sometimes when we actually do a well-done whiskey review. Like, okay, there's some value that people have there. But if they listen past 15 minutes, I feel like some people are just gluttons for punishment. Right. Or they forgot to turn their shit off. They started going doing chores. Right. (laughs) Somebody was doing heroin and they nodded off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I feel like that's half our audience That counts. Hey, that counts as a download, goddammit. Right. (laughs) And that's all that matters. A fucking listen's a listen. That same motherfucker forgot to turn off his fucking Patreon $5 pledge six months ago, too. So, cool. Thank you. Oh, no. That's what, <laughs> dude, I think a lot of fucking people get Patreon that way. And yeah. uh, 
hey, do what you do. If you're too stupid to go turn the fucking shit off, that's your bad. Watch your bank card statement. <laughs> right. Okay. And we've talked about today, too. It's like, if, if, if whatever reason TBI was to ever just, like, come to an end, we're like, fuck it, we're just tired of doing it wholesale. We would shut down our Patreon so people just didn't, wouldn't keep giving us money for fucking years on end. You know? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that forget. Or, yeah. I think we have some patrons that listen to the show weekly that don't know their patrons. <laughs> I mean, I think it just happens, especially when you have like these huge podcasts. Who are we looking at? This dude named Lewis or some shit. He puts out a 30 minute show a month, right? Just one, one show a month, 30 right. minutes long, gives his thoughts about what the fuck's going on in the world. Dude's got like 10,000 fucking patrons and he's got two levels. One is $25 and one is $50. So the minimum you can give this asshole is $25. He's got 10,000 fucking patrons at a minimum of $25 a month. For oh, wow. 30 minutes of content a month. And so they're going, how the fuck do you do that? You're competing with Netflix, motherfucker. At $25 That's... a month, you're competing with Netflix, Disney Plus, every fucking platform, on every streaming platform. Somebody's making a choice to pay you more than they do those people, and you give them 30 minutes of content a month. The fuck? That's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to listen to it, because I'm like, there, you can't give me enough in 30 minutes a month. For me to even justify giving you 25, I don't give a fuck what it is. Is he a hypnotist? Fuck, Maybe I don't he's know. like a cult leader or something. <laughs> That's fucking wild. He could very well be. Look, I have a couple of friends that are doing okay, and I still get those humble ass texts every once in a while. We're having a conversation, and they're still, I just can't even believe this. I don't understand why people do this. And hey, good on you, man. I'm surprised anybody listens to half the shit that we put out, but yeah. it's fun. That's all you got to think of. For the most part, we're all having fun. And if you can enjoy what we're talking right. about and whatever, then great. Don't complain about it. Yeah, nobody's right. forcing you to do it, right? Well, I might. I might. I've held a couple of points. Hey, you listen to my motherfucking show. Yeah, we tell people all the time. It's like, hey, we, we do a call to action like fucking three or four times a year. It's like, hey, fucking go find somebody. You, If you're listening to our show all the way through every episode, I guarantee you there are people in your life that are just like you, that'll enjoy this just as much. You know that person. Go grab their phone and put us on it. Yeah, just download it. Right. <laughs> that's, put them on that's, there. Hold on, man. That's pod rape, I think. <laughs> oh, you can do that. Yeah, that doesn't sound legal. And I catch myself doing the same thing all the time. I mean, there's always a call to action on every piece of media you take in. It's like you watch any YouTube channel, and they're like, hit the subscribe button and the fuck a bell. I'm like, fuck you and your bell. I get too many notifications already. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. Right. But I might subscribe. You know what I mean? I might I might give you the fucking subscriber or whatever because that matters in, in certain metrics. But a lot of times I don't. And it's like, I'll find you later. Like, if I want to look up some shit, I know where you're at. I'll, I'll get to you. And it's lazy on my part because I'm the same fucking asshole on the other end going, hey, give me fucking money at the end of every podcast. We've got a Patreon. Go to this website and there it is. You know what I mean? So I'm shilling just as much as they are. And it's like, well, fuck, if I subscribed monetarily to every piece of media that I consumed, I had to fucking get a part-time job. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to cost a lot. I would start raising hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I won't stand for that, actually? So, no. No. Yeah. Terry and I set a budget a while back, because there's there's a few YouTubers that I really enjoy, and I wanted to subscribe to their Patreon at, like, their $1, $3 level, right? And me and Terry was talking. I was like, you know, I'd like to support that cat. Give him a little bit of change. You know, you know, fucking $5 a month really ain't that big a deal to me. And I'm like, but there's like five of them assholes that I want to do that for. And she's like, hold up. You've got $25 to spend a month. <laughs> fucking divide that however you that's want to. That's it. Yeah, that's all you, you got. I mean? 
I need a new car. That's more important. Mm-hmm. Well, you ain't going to tell me about budgets. My wife handles that shit, too. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that Terry is the financially responsible motherfucker in my life. It's just it's just less stress that I got to deal with, and she's better at it. You know what I mean? You're goddamn right. Way better my wife is my wife is generally a better person than I am, like in pretty <laughs> much every same. aspect. And I can admit that, you know, she's nicer than me, even though she's an asshole too. Like I can be nice, but she's better at it. <laughs> yeah. She's better at money, you know. She's better at fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Terry are. It, it's almost a weird thing, and I don't know if it's just because of you know, damn near twenty years of attrition of us figuring out the jigsaw puzzle of okay. I've got to be this, you be that, because that makes us work, you know, or if it was that way from fucking get go. Right. And we just got, we were just super intelligent and lucky when we decided to choose our life partners. But Terry's disposition is fuck everybody. Yes. Right. That's a good one. That, yes. that, that's, she wakes up, fuck everybody. I hate all of them. As the day goes along, maybe I'll love some people. Right. Mm-hmm. I wake up with a, I am a gigantic piece of shit. So everybody has to be at least a little bit better than me. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Terry literally wakes up in the morning, takes her fucking halo off the fucking corner of the bed, puts it on, <laughs> and moves the fuck on. Because she's genuinely a good person, right? Right. I, I feel shine like shine it first. Genuinely, I feel like my natural disposition is a fucking piece of shit. So I've got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt because nobody's as big a piece of shit as me, right? Right. So there's a balance there where she's like, no, everybody's just as big a piece of shit as you are. <laughs> <laughs> So don't give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, right. so we, we match each other well that way. There's times where you would think she's the one that's going to be the asshole in the moment, and it's me. And other times where you're like, oh, shit, cursive and a fly off the fucking handle, and I'm the calm, cool, collective one, and Terry's over here fucking kicking over trash cans. <laughs> Throwing fucking you know I mean? chicken sandwiches <laughs> back in the back of the fucking right. fast food joint. Yep. So we keep people on their fucking toes. Yeah. The dynamic duo. Right. right. You guys have been together how long? Fucking Since forever. It's 2021. July of 2021 will be 21 years. God damn, dude. All right, yeah. So you married, correct? Yeah. yeah. Full-blown married. All right. First first marriage, second marriage? First for both of us. Really? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, but we didn't get married until... Yeah, check your tattoo because I, I covered mine up. 2010. Yeah. Okay, we so don't run it down. That's good, man. Uh, look, you followed the steps. That's the, the only thing input that I've had thus far is like I didn't get married, but I had a pretty serious long term relationship. My wife was married once before. Sometimes you got to know what it's like to be unhappy to be happy. <laughs> and yeah, and I feel like we both fuck. ran through that before yeah, yeah. We, before we found each other. Luckily, well, that's good. So that's what I meant. Not marriage, but like serious stuff where it's like, man, <laughs> this is I can't stand to fucking be with a person I can't have a conversation with or. I can't sit down and be alone with like mm-hmm. that's really where shit gets gets wild. If you can't be alone and not having sex, like right, you're you're not gonna make it. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. we talked about that a little bit with Brian. Just touched on it a little bit. It's like <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people right now, particularly the last ten months or oh, so through yeah, COVID, the, the COVID divorce rate. <laughs> they're having to sit in some decisions. You know what I mean? It's Ooh. like oh, you you chose a life partner based on X, Y, and Z. Now, sit in that fucking house with them. You've got 1,500 square foot to figure out whether or not this is your actual fucking partner. Right. Let's figure it out. This what you want? Yeah. Buddy? (laughs) Yeah. And I I, I think most people go through their day. They get up. They kiss each other. They get their kids off to school. And they split. 
right? Right. Husband goes couple, to work couple over here. A couple texts throughout the day, maybe right. a phone call at lunch. Exactly. And then they come back at the end of the day. They spend two or three hours with each other doing dinner, watching a couple of TV shows, and it's fucking bedtime to start all over again, right? But the mass majority of their day, they're not having to deal with this person, right? right? Three hours, four yeah. maybe, if you're lucky. On, exactly. In a working, working family with kids, you got to do all this shit of actual sit-down time, maybe right. three, four hours And you day. can shorten that up even more if you want to sign up all your kids for fucking 25 different activities and you see each other right before you go right. to bed. Or if you have you little kids. Yes, exactly. Right. So I think there's a lot of people the last 12 months have <laughs> had to like really evaluate <laughs> What the fuck their life choices have been. And not so much, I mean, that, of course, you know, who your life partner is, who you've chose to take on this world with, right? Who's your battle partner, whatever you want to look at it as. Also, your choices as your career path, your your friendships that you have decided to, to wrap yourself around because them assholes, too, have been stuck in their fucking houses or restricted and everything else. And all all of a sudden, everybody's having to fucking make decisions that they've never had to make before. They've been They've been forced to make a... What was the term I used the other day, Terry? I don't remember. A line was drawn in the sand, and they had to pick a side. You could pick a side as in a, in a friends group or a family group or a work group of people that you know, and it wouldn't really affect you, right? Like, uh, abortion is bad. No, abortion is good. Or gay marriage is awesome. Gay marriage is bad. You could like pick these yeah, things or whatever. I'm right? not mad but at with, you if you're gay, but you know, don't don't try to right. Hit I don't on agree me with yet. it, but who gives a fuck, right? right? Let's go to work. You know what I mean? Or we can we can have a drink together. We can go to the bar. I don't give a shit, right? You made your choice. I'll make my choice. It doesn't affect right. me. COVID has made us pick a side of can I be around you or can I not? Yeah. And there's been a lot of layers to that. It's not just husbands and wives. I bet the it's holidays friends and family some and, people this year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's landed close to home to us. You know, we've had a friend of ours that was, you know, caught COVID tested positive and we had to make some decisions about whether or not we were going to hang out with these assholes. And because of our company's policy, we had to make some choices of no, it's like some hard choices, some choices that like hurt our feelings to right. make them. You know what I mean? And certainly caused some ruffled feathers amongst the friendship because the line that they chose was different than ours. And we were, we had to draw a harder line yeah. and a harder line to a point to where, not only do you like you can disagree and argue about it over a, a night, but then like the next weekend, it's like, fuck it, let's go to the bar. But now it's like, no, we can't go to the bar with y'all because you still don't have a negative test. Right. You guys are still. And if you I won't get wear a sick, fucking mask, dude, like I'm like, look, I don't want you to fucking wear it the whole time. But at least while we're sitting in the car, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, And listen, right. I'll make fun and of you wearing that. a mask in your car if one of us doesn't have COVID. Yes. But you had COVID, mm-hmm. you cunt. Put your fucking shit on. Right. So you have to draw those those lines. Everybody's everybody's made to, to choose a position yeah. where you actually have to have demonstrable action on that decision. I'm dealing with it right now. Rather than like getting a COVID shot. I have to get one. My wife works at a pharmacy. I don't want to get one. We, mm-hmm. I had a fucking almost took a stance. Curtis, you know those moments yeah. in your life when you're like, I'm going to take a stance. The yeah. problem is, like I said earlier, my wife is better than me in most situations. She's better <laughs> at arguing than me, and she's smarter than me. So she was like, well, you have yeah. to get one. And I was like, you know, I was thinking probably no. And she goes, well, no, you don't really get a choice. And I was like, well, see here, the thing is, though, but like I do. <laughs> I live in America. Right? So I, I started yeah. to tune up on her. And then she, she goes, all right, I tell you what, you tell me why. 
And I was just like, well, um, and when you put on a spot like that, sometimes you freeze up because all, all the only thing that runs yeah. through your head is the bullshit you've been reading on Twitter. And then you realize that you haven't sat down and put a conscious thought together about what you really think. And it was just like, I, uh, well, I don't want to get the first one because, and then, for, uh, and she was like, look, we have to give the shots. They, she, she's at a pharmacy. She's exposed now. She's in a red zone. So we have yeah. to get it. Our moms are in the fucking, the kind of sweet spot for that. And we got a buddy whose dad turned 65 and fucking died from it. And there right. we had nothing. It's weird. You know, you go the whole time. We went fucking 11 months, man, and never got anything closer than, oh, somebody got a little sick, you know, but they were cool. They took some medicine. Right. And then my buddy's dad just up and died. Two weeks. He was yeah. fine. They went to a wedding. And when he came home, he fucking crashed like Kobe Bryant's fucking helicopter. Just pow <laughs> just straight down and everybody was like yeah. what the fuck just ruined christmas you know i was like i sure. talked to him like two weeks before you know and we, or not two weeks it was probably a little bit longer it was uh right around thanksgiving man you know right before hey how you doing oh we're gonna go to california this summer we're looking forward to it blah 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 all this shit nope yeah and yeah. It, it's a fucking super weird thing because like our decision making wasn't even like on like a personal level, like, oh shit, like I don't care about you and your happiness, right. friends. It was if I you can't be sick sick. Like you can't just be regular sick anymore. I guarantee you, if there's a there's gonna be stats that come out behind this COVID shit years on down the road, and companies are gonna put out a how many people called in sick this year? Fucking I guarantee you it's dramatically less Monday morning sickness with a fucking way. The, in 2020, oh, good. because nobody's waking up Monday morning with a fucking hangover going, fuck, I just don't want to go to work today because <laughs> I just don't want to. So I'm going to call and I'm going to tell them I'm not feeling good. Because if I call in now and tell them I'm not feeling good. How are you feeling? Oh, okay, you got a well, fever? Uh, yeah. What's going Stay on? Stay home yeah. for fucking 14 days with no pay and go get tested while you're at it. You know what I mean? So it, it, the rules have fucking changed and you have to either play by those now or like you said, say, no, nah, fuck you. It's America. I do what I want to. And then that company is still a company and goes, okay, well, you just can't fucking work. We had now. that. I worked for a company that's relatively large now. And right when the mass shit hit, you know, it was actually a little late, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> I was wearing a shit for two, three weeks. And then I quit. And, you know, then yeah. they said, you got to fucking wear it. But when it all came down the ladder, they were like, you guys better wear your fucking mask in the building. They have cameras everywhere. And as yeah. an example, in fucking Chicago, some guy got fired just on the spot. They fucking saw his ass on camera. They said, mm -hmm. hey, go tell uh, Walter, put his fucking mask on. And they went out there and they said, hey, Wally, you got to put your mask on, dude. They saw you. And he was like, I ain't putting on a goddamn mask. I ain't war, war. you know. And okay. You don't got to. cool, dude. Go get another job. But there's a door. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out. And so, yeah, I, we wore masks <laughs> and gloves. <laughs> right. You know, I used to work for a company, the same company that, that BZ works for now. And that was what, Terry, like almost five years ago. I mm -hmm. worked for them for almost five years. So we're talking about for 15 plus years, there's a guy that's worked there that has been, if not the top guy in the unit, right? Top three for a fucking a decade plus. COVID comes around. There's a little bit of a new regime that, that's come through there and it's a little bit of new management, but it's COVID more than anything right. else. This guy's a... Country dude from fucking East Texas, and he's just like, probably has the same mentality to me. I give a fuck about catching COVID, to be honest with you. I think I can probably make it through it, and I'm not overly worried about c contracting it. Because we've had a lot of people in our company who have had varying degrees of it. Some people catch it 
And it's just like you feel bad for a few days. Some people catch it and they're in the hospital for months. We've actually had a couple of people die inside yeah. our company. I'm not overly concerned about catching COVID. What I am concerned about is catching any fucking thing and my company sending me home and I lose pay and have to be out yeah. of fucking pocket. The for fucking medical. false alarm. That, that's yeah. my biggest concern. False alarm will hang you right, right now if you don't have a, a exactly. nest egg. <laughs> Well, this cat was like, you know, they they do deliveries around the cities, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm just not. I'm, I'm wearing my mask. Fuck that bullshit." And his company's like, "Dude, you need to fucking get it. Put the fucking mask on because we're not bullshitting anymore." He just wouldn't do it. Lost his whole ass. He'd been working this place for damn near twenty yeah, years. Lost his whole ass career over not putting a fucking mask on his face, and it's just it's fucking silly. I- this guy makes a shit ton of money for it's this company. Fucking it's fucking sad. It's, it's not even silly. It's sad. Like that. That's the yeah. way the shit turned out. I told my wife because basically I said she said you got to get the shot, and I was like, okay. I said, but here's the deal. I said if I end up on my fucking deathbed, I swear to God, I'm going to look you in the eyes. And I'm going to go. You know, it's on you, right? I've said it a thousand times. I'm not yeah. going to get. I don't get flu shots. I get flu okay. shots every year, so that's why I'm not worried about it. It's way it's they've already had theirs. They haven't died yet, so I guess it's okay thus far. Right. <laughs> I don't get a flu shot because every time I've got a flu shot, I feel kind of sick for about six months. Or I don't take the flu shot, and I feel if I catch the flu, I feel really bad for a couple yeah. of weeks, and then I get over it. Right. Like I understand there's a there's a risk reward. Scenario. We're always running the it's the shit but from last year when they make the shots. It's whatever they're just guessing. It's a fucking right. guess. Right. It's an educated guess, and I get it. I trust a lot of scientists and doctors and all that kind of shit. But this fucking thing right here, like, and it, it, it catches me up in a fucking mindset of, what do you call it, Terry? Um, cognitive uh, Cognitive dissonance, where for a long time, I'm like, why is the fucking FDA and all these companies just so fucking hard on medicine? Right. That's why medicine is so fucking expensive, because companies have to invest millions of dollars Dude. for it. And I was, like, somewhat <laughs> to opposed to that going. for a long time. I was like, a, I was like opposed to that for a, for a hot minute. Of fuck you, man. I mean, just fucking put it on the market. Tell people what it does. Hopefully, and then there's that switch of well, we developed a fucking COVID nineteen vaccine in fucking six months. We had goddamn six weeks worth of trials. And nobody died immediately. So fuck it, inject it, right? And I'm sitting there going, whoa, wait a fucking second. What is the long-term effects? What are the six-month effects? What are the one-year, two-year, five-year fucking effects? And I find myself in that same trap of being irritated with the FDA going, why do you put these companies Very through good. so yep. much? And when it comes to market, it costs me $12 a pill. And then the flip side of that is, is like, I'm not going to take the fucking COVID-19 vaccine because I have no fucking idea what's going to happen two years right. from now. So there's that when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, fuck, I was that guy a minute ago, but I'm also this guy right now. And you, you go, who the fuck knows how to act? Dude, anymore? it's crazy. It's bonkers. And that's what I told my wife. I said, I guess I'll get it. If it helps make everything better and I can fucking go to McDonald's without my goddamn mask on one day, I'll try. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Are you going to wear a scarlet letter? No. Now? Says I'm COVID fucking. Well, here's the problem though, Curtis, and this is what I say because I, dude, I, my buddy was giving me legit shit about it. He was like, "Stand strong." I go, "There's nothing stand strong. Like I have to, you know, it is what it is." But then uh, my other buddy, again, a, a hard line where you, a, a hard line's in the yeah. sand. You have to make it's it about decision. exposure. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be giving mm-hmm. COVID nineteen vaccinations, so it's kind of at that point where I'm going to get exposed if she gets exposed. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and knock it the fuck out. But the way I look at it, I said, "Look, I'm going to get my shot now." Why I still 
have an option to go get my shot. And I said, when Joe Biden makes you go get your fucking shot, you know, and I looked it up online just not fucking an hour ago, Curtis. It says his plan after the thing is he's going to start putting out FEMA tents and shit to get mass vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to go get my fucking shot in a pharmacy from my father-in-law. You can go get your shot in a fucking FEMA tent when Papa Joe tells you to go get it. <laughs> right. And I tell you what, right. I might grow a fucking arm out of my forehead, but at least I know I got the million dollar vaccine. You guys are going to get that shit that came from Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Our, made we're, in not gonna, China. we're not going to be so lucky to have a third arm that we can maybe be useful. Yeah. I'd love right? it to go right we're out of my fucking, fucking forehead. That'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're going to with a fucking tail or some shit that's limp fucking full time that we'd have to figure out how to tuck it into pants. I'll tell you a joke. My wife saw on the internet. It's funny as shit. And my father-in-law said it was hilarious. It's the hardest part about uh, giving a covid vaccine shot is trying to get one microchip per dose when you're drawing it out of the bottle (laughs) (laughs) now you want to you want to go off the deep end like i'm a pretty i'm weird in that like my views on the world are no offense but i think everybody's had to reassess a little bit of what they think especially in the last three weeks Yes. Fuck yeah, with people rushing the goddamn United States Capitol with fucking horn helmets on. I mean, Jesus Christ. But like I'm I'm pretty I think what I really where I really land if you want to categorize it is probably a libertarian. Yeah. You are. But I don't know that that com- completely encompasses what my views are. Right? It does. It, it's close enough, but if you're going <laughs> to categorize it as that. Like I'm pretty liberal socially, right? Like if you want to f- fucking marry if, if you're a dude and you want to marry a dude i don't give a fuck marry that dude love him and enjoy your fucking life if you're a female and you want to marry a female marry each other love each other do whatever the fuck you yeah. want to i'm just right? a do whatever the fuck you want to kind of guy all together you want to go get an abortion yeah. great now where there's, there's lines. To my government controlled money i'm a i'm a way more fucking conservative yeah. please don't fuck children that one's pretty high on my list but other than that dude right. free for all you know <laughs> don't rob people Right. I've talked about it on several different things. It's like my mentality is, is I think every person of adult age, and of course there can be a date or an age that you can put on, because I believe there are some 17-year-olds who have the mental capacity to act as an adult. And there's some 25-year-olds who are fucking children. Yeah. Okay. Right. So there's some forty-year-olds that are that can act like fucking children. Well, everybody can act like a child. Oh man, I, I have like a very it. interesting story we can talk about if you want to get into <laughs> politics like that. Go on. All right. Well, I mean, we're here, and I have nothing else to do for the next I don't know fucking forty-eight hours. But oh. I feel like most people, most consenting adults, whatever you want to quantify that mm-hmm. as, right? If the, if you want to put an age on it, if you want to put some sort of a fucking metric test, whatever the fuck, a consenting adult should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do so long with with, with very few restrictions on that. Number one being, so long as whatever the fuck they want to do does not keep me from doing whatever the fuck I want to do. Right? Does not cause somebody else to partake in what they want to do involuntarily. Does not cause harm, either physical and or financial harm to another person without their consent to do so. Right? If they ask right. permission, it's totally fine. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to get at here is is if a motherfucker wants to go run rails of motherfucking black heroin in their arm for a weekend, yeah. fucking What if R. Kelly wants to pee on girls? That's fine, right? If that girl's cool with it and she's above the age of consent, fuck yeah. yeah. As long as we get the Chocolate Factory album. 
Yes, exactly. And Bill Cosby. Motherfucker want to teach me how to fly? Come on, Bill Cosby now. was about to cross the line. He, he cheated. Bill Cosby, shame yeah, on and, you, Bill Cosby, again, for drugging all those right, women. you can circle around to none of them females had the option to sign into that. You know what I mean? I like, listen, I so, like Curtis's America. It's drugs, don't rape. That's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much it. It's like if you're consenting, informed adults should be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And when I say informed, that's where I believe you have to have some level yeah. of government, right? I believe it's the government's responsibility to do a few things. Give us infrastructure. Give us protection from foreign nations, right? And inform us of the dangers that we face with facts only, not opinion. I'm okay with you walking into a gas station, convenience store, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? And they have heroin on the fucking shelf. And on that bottle is a government statement going, this shit's addictive as fuck. And if you take more than one third of this you bottle at a time, chances are you're going to fucking yeah. die. Do as you please, bitch. Good luck. Right? Because you can do the exact same thing right now with a fucking half gallon of Jack yeah. Daniels. You can walk in there and moderately drink that half gallon of Jack Daniels. Have you a couple of three, four glasses of it. Or... You can put a straw on that bitch and inject the whole half gallon into your body right now, and chances are you're going to yeah. fucking you die. You can put it in your that. butt. That'll work. Yes. Jack Daniels right. in the butt will do it. That'll alcohol poison you right Every to fucking sleep. fucking time. Let old JD slide up in there. No I'm loom. just saying. That's yeah, it's, gonna, it's not going to feel great. <laughs> Maybe you get Jack Daniels vanilla nope. or some of that other fucking fruity shit they make now. <laughs> the yeah. good for you shit. He said the fucking JD. Stay away from the fireball. That's not going to be good. No, that's going to hurt a lot. To people, dude, mental capacity is a thing. Like, it's really, I've met, like you said, older people that act like children and vice versa, man. And I saw a thing today that got everybody fired up. Uh, It's an execution that either just happened. I think it just happened, actually. They killed a guy for, uh, he murdered seven people. But apparently he was, like, very intellectually disabled and illiterate and abused. And I was like, listen, man, I know people have bad childhoods i know shit gets really dark and i said and if he would have killed two people i could probably understand that but seven is a lot like seven is a lot of pretty much anything if you think about it (laughs) you know like seven is a lot of beers if you don't drink and if you tell a cop how many beers you have seven like that's probably too many that's too many seven is a lot of anything so it's like i don't know dude like at a certain point even though his mental capacity he's fucking a menace to society because obviously he's just going around killing people all willy-nilly like you can't have that right no you can't let's not kill him in this let's not shoot him in the street and then have a fucking news coverage caravan about it like you know people are going to talk about it but yeah Well, and uh, like speaking to that personal responsibility, Dude, that nine, seven is a lot of anything, bro. Uh, th- th- apparently, a lot of executions have been happening. They executed a lady the other day, some lady that cut out some other pregnant lady's baby or some shit, and they were like, she was mentally unstable because she got like molested and tortured as a kid. I go, she cut a baby out of a woman. She right. doesn't get to be here anymore. Like you can't do that. You that, ruin two definite... people's lives at least. Yes, at least. You're definitely not mentally stable. That is outside of what the majority of society would consider okay. Right. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, you've got to be separated from society for a while until you can get back to a place to where educated people that understand society's fucking norms goes, okay, you're back to the okay level. And let's maintain that for a while and then baby steps back into fucking society. I don't society. know. It's like once you get the taste for blood, though, 
Like, I don't think you can come back from that. I don't think military think people come back from that, to be completely honest with you. If there's somebody in the military that's ever killed somebody close-range combat, there's got to be a feeling, like a, a dopamine drip, a fucking something that you get from that that you can't feel again unless you do that. And if you're the kind of person that, you know, has to feel that feeling, then, you know. See, I think military personnel have a – it's like a – okay, so there's these books that we read – and if you want to really dive into the understanding of those, you can listen to our podcast called What the Harmon Podcast. I'd love to, yeah. <laughs> we do some uh, – we do a, what was called a fucking – it's a book club, right? Because we're white and over the age of 25, so, you know, <laughs> fuck it. Why not have a book club? Yeah. <laughs> but we enjoy these books, and they're a fantasy book. But the guy that hey, writes wait, Aren't them, they audio books? Tell his, uh, well, Terry reads the hard – like the paperbacks okay. and because she's like tactile – and she also listens to the audiobooks when it's convenient. I know you said you listen to audiobooks. But I'm, I'm audio just saying, I think it's, it's kind of funny guy. to think about that. Like, if she's actually going hardback and you're getting to hear it through somebody's telling, it's probably interesting to hear you right. guys start fucking going back and forth about your interpretations of what you heard slash read. Well, there is a thing about that where the first five books, I actually read the paperbacks. So I developed these characters in my head strictly through my own internal dialogue. Post that... I listened to the other six or eight of them, whatever the fuck it is. I've yeah. listened. I've listened to the whole series now again mm. through audiobooks, and I get fucking irritated. Are you listening when, to Harry Potter? What the fuck? It's like twelve episodes, fifteen. <laughs> well, no, it's a lot. It's it's called the Sword of Truth. I think series. there's like twenty one, but yeah, it's a it's a guy named Terry Goodkind. He wrote a whole fucking okay. series. There's a fuck ton of. I'm them. sorry, I'm books, but I don't fucking read a lot at all. So I it, I don't understand. I mean, have you ever heard of Anne Rand? No, sorry. Okay. Like have you ever Fountainhead heard of- or Atlas Shrugged? No. no. Okay. Okay. She's a very what she you- she created objectivism. Yes. Very conservative. Books. Pretty conservative thinking in general. It's a hundred percent personal responsibility. Yes. It's your very life much is that. your own. Rise up and live it. Right. So the undertones, although it's fantasy and there's wizards and you know all this whole shit, right? Shit. The majority of the books is really a moral based. Thing, where these people are having to make decisions, moral decisions on their actions, right? That's what it really circles around. That's why it kept me oh, intrigued. Okay. Like, just regular ass fucking fantasy of dragons and whatever the fuck. It's like, okay, cool. I mean, I I'll, don't do Star Trek, okay? Like, I might, I might want to watch that movie, right? But I don't want to invest the time to read these books any fucking ways. No, I think that's the premise behind most. That's The Walking Dead, too. It's the same thing. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a different so there's avenue. This, yeah, there's this line through those where there's a morality of what I think Terry was talking about was like personal responsibility. Like killing, right? like killing is that, one of those things that personally you... Yes, of <laughs> you have a choice, right? And it, it speaks back to where military people are concerned. I think they have a little bit of a scapegoat where, where, that, where that lies. It's like, well, I was told, right. go execute X and... In that process, there's going to be people that die, mm-hmm. right? So they have a they, they're able to slough a little bit of that personal responsibility because they're acting on right. orders, but right. But a motherfucker that just wakes up in the middle of the day and goes, hmm, "I kind of want a baby today," and they walk down to the fucking mall and they find a pregnant bitch and knock her the fuck out and cut her baby out. That's a different right. story, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like people that are in the military they can come back from that a l- easier. Well, I then, think that's why you have PTSD. Well, I think yeah, that's, everybody that experiences coming back, that, and I'm sure that they are, 
well, I'm not sure that they do anything, but I'm saying I would hope that some of the training is supposed to be about that, you know, like trying no. to numb you to that some, you know, yes. just a you, disassociative you that, property. No. Maybe that's why you all dress the same, too. You know, it's like you're trying to become part of a machine as opposed to an individual. So, right. Yeah. And there's a there's a thing about that. Where I think where you have these people that are like super fly fucked up when they come back from 100 percent. War, <laughs> yeah, right. Like really fucked up when they come back from war. Those people weren't able to. And this speaks back to what I was talking about in the books. In the books, this guy is going into a very intense situation, and he makes a cognitive decision to like separate a piece of his mind and lock himself, his true self, inside of this locked corner of his mind where nobody else is going to be able to get to that because he knows he's going to go through some shit. That's going to alter yeah, him as a person. Deep. Yeah. So he he gives up himself. Not this is you know a correlation to the mentality of a of a soldier that's really in the fucking shit, right? Like we're not talking about the dude that's doing paperwork at a fucking desk. Yeah, we're talking in Virginia, tip, of, tip of the spear. Right? We're, yes, we're talking about motherfuckers kicking in doors, shooting people, kind yeah. of guy. I think there are certain people that have that ability to go. This is orders. I'm fighting the fucking good fight, and that's that corner of their mind that they are able to lock away and so when that's all said and done they're able to open that door and let themselves back out and and put themselves back together reassimilate yes but yes put themselves back together in a way where they go yeah i did some shit that if i'd have done that in the streets of dallas in the streets of 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 little rock in the streets of fucking new orleans whatever real randomly completely unfucking acceptable but i was doing it on a moral basis of this is the united states military doing good for the greater people of the area then you have another side of that of people who just can't put that part of themselves back in that little corner and they're the ones that when they come back they just can't handle fucking life they need help and they need the government number one to support them Right, their fucking VA and whatever, their that support should be there well, for yeah. them. But they also need their families and their friends and all this, you know, a whole host of things to help put them people back together so that they're a functioning member right. of society. There's people that want that, and people and I that believe, don't. right? You know? Yeah, and, and that's I think the ultimate point. You know, we were talking about this mentally. You know, uh, they said he had like, uh, I guess, like the. The disposition of like a teenage kid. He was, I think, 20 or 30 or something like that. But mm-hmm. you just look at that and you go, it's like, yeah, but how do you, I don't know. You know, they outlawed uh, killing like retarded people like in 2002 or something like that. I know they used to do it in Texas a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like if they're considered, if they have a certain mental capacity, it's like, yeah, we can't right. execute these No, I think well, it was, in Texas they were just right. zapping fucking 70. people with like autism and stuff maybe once in a while, but. Also, right. like yeah. people that were in prison go that claimed to be, you know, some kind of mentally uh, uh, insufficient. I don't know what the right word is here. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, the politically correct or incorrect word is is mentally retarded, even though that is an accurate description. You know, at some point their development was retar- right. retarded. You know, it was slowed or stopped. You know what I found out through my research today, Terry? Do you know it costs more to put somebody on death row than it does to uh, keep them in regular jail for a long time? That is 
That is absolutely correct. I looked it up, and because I, I always thought that I was like, I know that it lasts for a long time, you know. And I've always thought, why don't you just kill them, you know? But you look into it, and you find out like all those court hearings, there's extra stuff, and it ends up costing like I think three, three to four times the amount that it costs for a regular inmate housing, which is still a lot to keep a person. But right. you know, you can't not give them food and stuff. Correct. But, but when you're talking about a lifetime of bologna sandwiches versus at least it's all three, lawyer fees. That's uh, what appeals. they said. Right. That's all it is. It's just lawyer yeah. fees and fucking uh, you know legal counsel stuff that ends up costing all yeah. that money. Having ju- judicial uh, courts review a case and decide whether or not you know everything was on the up and up, and that that's one of my my big things. Like y'all talk about listening to podcasts and stuff. Like my my podcasts that I listen to most times revolve around um, true crime. It's but, murder. Uh, of late, yeah, right. Of late, it's more around uh, social injustice, um, you know, and and just the justice system in general, and and what needs to be reformed. Dude. So, I got really big into those, you know, wrongfully convicted situations. Well, that's the thing. So. so you can understand what I'm saying. Like, I understand that fucked up shit happens too, because today and all this other research, I came across a court, and I, God damn it, I wish I had the name because that's kind of rude to even mention it. But it was a black kid who was eh, slow. But this was in, like, mm-hmm. uh, crazy racist Southern South times. And then you yeah. read through just the dossier and everything, and you go, like, oh, yeah, this kid probably didn't do that. Or it was right. There was a little black kid who worked at a pharmacy, and the pharmacist, he alleges, was trying to, like, fuck him, I guess, or something after the fact. But he okay. murdered the fucking the old guy, allegedly, because he had his wallet. But. Hmm. There was there was a whole bunch yeah. of fishy shit. Like it's one of those cases where you look at it, you can go, "Oh no, man, that one probably wasn't right." And that's the shit yeah. that upsets me. And then I see this where it's like this guy, yeah, he had some problems, man, but you can't just kill seven fucking people. Like that's not okay, right? <laughs> well, no, no unless no, you're right. a, unless it's you're a police first. officer and <laughs> well, they're black, right. then you can just right. shoot like seven people. That's fine. No problem. But yeah, yeah you can that's, murder it's down, fine. a whole neighborhood. Fine. Open up and shoot a whole barbecue fine. up. Bah, 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 bah. It's right, fine. Exactly. They, they fucking they had a pair of tongs and a pokey. Right. We were talking about this before. It's like, you know, it's a shame if you murder, especially if you murder them at a barbecue because somebody there is cooking some good ass food. We talked about this on, on the Bearded Idiots and a couple other podcasts that I've been on. It's like, if you want, if you're like, if you're in a new town, if you're visiting whatever for work or whatever, you're like, okay, where's the good food at, right? If you see a line of black folks outside of a barbecue joint, go yeah, eat there for sure. It may look like an old Sonic, still <laughs> go there because that's where the good fucking food is, right? And if there's a line of Mexicans around the block and you're looking for some fucking tacos, that's the fucking taco joint to go to because somebody there is fucking right. winning. And when you murder a whole fucking barbecue of black folks. You're taking that away from us white dudes that need some good barbecue, and that's just not fair. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe they just maybe they just really <laughs> wanted the barbecue. I don't know. <laughs> that's the white privilege I think about. I was like, yeah, I don't know. That's what I want some chicken, motherfucker. Um, yeah, right. But one of the first podcasts we did on what, on what the Harmon was is a book club with Delvin Cox about a book called "The Sun Does Shine" by Anthony, Anthony Ray, Ray Hinton. Hinton. Fucking nailed it. Um, a black dude in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Wrongfully accused of murdering some white folks, spent twenty plus years on death row. Thankfully, shit, he, he was able to fight it enough. His his, his community and whatever was uh, uh, able to <laughs> get around him 
and find avenues like the uh, Innocence yeah. Project and shit like that, where they were able to like file enough appeals to keep him from getting murdered by the state. And it was like, it's 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 super old school white v black. This guy worked at a warehouse where they were required. It's a gated warehouse. You come to work, they shut the fucking gates behind you. You cannot fucking get out of this joint until the end of your shift. They open it up, let the assholes out who are off shift, let the assholes in who are on shift, close the fucking gate. There's sign-ins, there's supervisors, there's multiple fucking witnesses that you're there. He was at work during the time of the murders that he was accused of. Problem is, there was multiple of these murders where people were like robbing these restaurants after closing time, and they were like pushing them into fucking freezers and murdering them to death. And then robbing the fucking store, right. of course, right? The police can't catch anybody that's doing it. They don't know who the fuck's whatever. And this guy fucks up and goes to a, a car dealership and test drives a car, right? And just happens to keep that car for about three months. The one and one of the only fuck ups he's ever done in his whole life. He basically stole this fucking car. Ends up, takes it back to the dealership and then pays restitution for what that dealership lost in this car not being on their lot for however many months, right? He, he pays his debt right. to society through that. And they're like, well, we can hang this shit on this dude because I don't like that motherfucker anyways. He did steal a car. So he probably murdered you're a bunch guilty. of people. Exactly. Right. He, he, yes, he stole a car one time for a few months and then gave it back to the dealership. We don't talk about And that also part. paid them back for uh, their loss on that, that car. That doesn't matter. He Mm-mm. fuck it. We got to arrest somebody, right? The county is in fucking uproar because these places keep getting fucking robbed and motherfuckers are murdered behind it. So let's arrest this guy. Case closed. We fucking win. Fist pumps. Cakes are fucking presented to motherfucking prosecutors in the right. whole nine, right? Meanwhile, this guy's on fucking death row for all these years. Finally, you come. It took the district attorney dying before a new DA gets fucking elected. And that DA goes, why is this motherfucker on death row? Fucking cut him loose. This is some bullshit. Man. So that's like the that's like the theme of the book, right? And, and me and Delvin and Terry went into it, and there's a whole hour and a half, two-hour podcast of, of us going through the all the, you know, picking that book apart and really talking about some of those issues. You can listen to that if you want to. But the, it brings me back to the point of view of like, yes, there are certain people in society that need to be separated from society. Right, like holy shit, no doubt about it. You are a problem. Just, Let's get you out of society. You're not a productive. There's so much member. room left in the other side of the country, like Nevada. There's just desert over there. We could build a little igloo for it, mm-hmm. like Tatooine. Put some water out there. You right, guys right. can just hang out there and play volleyball or whatever the fuck you want to do. But fucking make goddamn Utah. <laughs> Mad Max or Wyoming? You want to go you up there mean, and fight? You want people to talk to? Go talk to grizzly bears. You know what I'm saying? It's great. Fucking Britain had it figured out. Goddamn, 300 years ago, they said, "Oh, there's this whole ass island in, of Australia that nobody lives on except 1,000 other uh, assholes that live in the middle of it. The <laughs> yeah. indigenous people. Let's put all of our prisoners over Dude, there. And let them just nobody ever talks out. about North Dakota. You know what I'm saying? Just every all you crazy motherfuckers right. go to North Dakota, and that's just the prison state. Right. All the cool shits in South Dakota, anyways. Right. So fuck them. <laughs> It's cold as shit up there. Figure it out, dude. Kill each other. Listen, kill each other. Look at all these fucking faces of these four pricks. (laughs) Mm. I overtalked you. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. But that's the whole thing. It's like, I I don't believe in government sanctioned murder, right? I don't believe in the death penalty. And that's, that's that book 
really, that book made me really evaluate a lot of the teachings that my grandmother gave me as a, as a child. My grandfather was a Southern Baptist preacher. Fuck my whole life. The majority of my mother's life. Right. Like he was a hell raising fucking, I mean, literally a cotton picking, pea picking sharecropper as he grew up. This motherfucker was wild as shit. My grandfather went to world war, come back from that, a changed man, married up my grandmother, found the Lord and became a Baptist preacher and was a fucking Bible thumping dude. Like old school yeah. Southern Baptist. He got he got touched. By the end of his sermon. <laughs> yes, by the end of his sermon, you were lucky if his fucking white shirt was still yeah. buttoned up. You know what I mean? Screaming and hollering at you know, just old school Baptist preacher, right? So but my my grandmother was like this weird She was the voice of reason. Yeah. She was the she was the voice of compassion. In that, because my grandfather was Bibles of eye for an eye, fuck you. Right. You know it's what I mean? the letter. It's the word. My grandmother. It's the law right here. Right. <laughs> my grandmother was the voice of compassion inside the family, and she was always vehemently opposed to the death penalty. And, of course, my grandfather being the patriarch of the family. Is it patriarch? You got it. Yeah, patriarch, patriarch of the family. Uh, Good job. You're so woke, bro. You know, as a young, impressionable child, you are, you kind of lockstep with that guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it took years of development on my end to get away from being a hundred percent for the death penalty. It took that book, just not what Terry year and a half ago yeah. at this point, maybe it's- a year and a half ago. That book, in conjunction with the teachings that my grandmother espoused, for me to go, yeah, the death penalty is a real bad fucking plan because guess who? is in charge of the criminal justice system. Yeah. People. People are fucked up. People have biases. People have bad days. People have internal relationships that can affect their judgment on judgment day inside the courtroom, right? If you take away the death penalty and there's certain people in society that we can agree on as a as a juror of their peers and as a person of judgment as the judge, the prosecutor, litigator, whatever the fuck you want, you know, whatever you want to assign to the people that decide who the fuck gets murdered and who doesn't. If those people are restricted on the ability to murder, there's always a possibility that they're going to be wrong. And I feel like that is more important as a society for us to go. People are fucked up. They can be wrong. They can make mistakes because everything that leads up to the courtroom is, again, another group of people that are the law enforcement who are just people, and they can make mistakes, they can have biases, and whatever else. What if it's else, on right? video, though? Like, what if it's a video of you walking up like to a carjacking thing, and you fucking pull somebody out, and you shoot them in their fucking face? You know? You get the death penalty okay. for that. I mean, you right, know? So that- you did it. There's, there's not really a, a heads or tails of it mm-hmm. if you're on tape, and I know that's happened before. Right. So are we, and I, I guess the, the return question on that is, let's say that it's Damn. that. Would that even get, hey, would that without, get you the death penalty? Like with this premeditated murder, I think murder one could get you a death penalty, right? It's hard nowadays, I think. It is harder now, and I'm yeah, for yeah. that. But let's just go with the, let's say it is premeditated. Let's say a, a person sat down and decided to murder somebody and then carried out that plan mm-hmm. with success. Okay, planned okay. out. And that's all caught 
either on video where it's unfucking text messages. I said, I'm going to fucking come to your house and kill you. And then the next day you're dead. And I got caught on the ring doorbell walking to your house. And then maybe a camera inside of me fucking walking in and then walking out covered in blood and such. Yes. Right. Or even inside the house. There's a nanny cam. Teddy bear. But I walk up and just beat your fucking face in with a brick. (laughs) Or not even that. Just walk up and put a fucking bullet, one bullet in motherfucker's forehead and it's over. Right. The overwhelming evidence of people who have went through that, the families go, once that person was executed, there was a small amount of satisfaction of watching them die, but the dread still exists post that because it doesn't replace the life, right? It The families, because once the person is dead, who there's, there's nothing you can quantify beyond that for that person. It, it falls on the family and loved ones of them that need satisfaction for that murder and society right. at large. So I lean more towards right? society as a whole, not so much the family. I get that because I don't think you ever get right. satisfaction from that, man. Like it might feel you better to know they're not no, going to no, no. get out and try to kill you too or whatever, but. Right, exactly. You, you'll have that satisfaction of I will never have to have a sleepless right. night that that person could potentially come in my window, like serial killers, the night stalker. The fucking uh, yeah, there uh, were survivors of, of a lot of those people, people that got away and yeah, such, just yeah. knowing that that person has a key to my right. house and, and knows where I live. <laughs> right, but my curiosity is this: Do you have the same security knowing that person will never get out of jail, life, right, yeah. life in prison, versus death? Is there more security in one or the other? With the caveat of, yeah, maybe there's a there's a percentage of they could potentially escape. Yeah. My buddy's sister um, was having this relationship with this guy who was kind of sketch. Apparently, he was a bad dude, and it kind of grifted in. They dated for a while. They started a business, and she found out he was selling crack out of the fucking, the, I think it was a snow cone stand or something. like. It's a little restaurant thing. She told him that she didn't want to do that shit no more, and also she had been romantically involved with him, and I guess he was very aggressive and all this other stuff, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, Labor Day, like four or five years ago, he came over to her house and he shot her in her chest in the front yard and killed her right in front of her kids. Mm-hmm. And they caught him. It took a while. And uh, he's in the process of going to prison. I don't think he got the death penalty. I think he probably should, you know. So it's like it's weird when you think about, like, who deserves it? Like, who get you know, in what case? And it's just right. it's a tough decision to make. But in some cases, I think there's just some folks that don't get to make decisions anymore. <laughs> right. Well, and like unlike Curtis, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I mean, I I want more checks and balances. Yeah. That's what I think. Break it down a little better. That That's at least maybe look into the system a little right. more and, and figure out a better way to decide who gets what. But I think it's necessary. Yeah, I See, believe I there are some people. That just yeah. do not deserve. It's like to a problem anymore. dog. They have. <laughs> you know? They it's just, right. it is what it right. is. I mean, if a dog bites somebody and hurts them badly, you put it down. Right, but I the whole know. reason we give we give human life more value than dog life is because we as humans have been fucking. It's been instilled in us that we have a soul that goes beyond this life, where dogs do not. Well, well I don't know that. Right. So if I don't you end know a dog, that, it ends right that. now. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Don't you say it's yeah, Curtis. Right. Exactly. Don't you fucking Maybe. sit in the, in my clubhouse and talk shit about G, dog Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't fucking right. know. <laughs> all dogs go to yeah, heaven, dude. Curtis. Okay, well, maybe all dogs Didn't go to heaven. Didn't you see the fucking movie? <laughs> yeah, but does the dog that murders seven fucking three-year-olds I don't know. Let's, 
No, he, he go goes to, hell? to Doggy Hill. Is there a Doggy Hill? Hill? Yes. Okay, I've never heard about that. That's where the bulldog went, I think. Well, but listen, the point is, Burt Reynolds <laughs> as a dog, he went to heaven, and there should be Dog Jesus. <laughs> there may very well be Dog Jesus. I'm just but saying. But our criminal justice system does not Correct. recognize that, unless yeah. you're Michael Vick. Well, I'm just saying that there are some people that have made the conscious decision to take a life, and therefore their life should be forfeit. I do uh, want more checks and balances. I want a. I believe their life can be forfeited without actually fucking ending their life, because I think the majority of those decision making processes really come down to some weird Judeo Christian fucking root of. An eye for an eye and all that bullshit, right? Well, it's all retribution in the end. Because the whole thing is what you really want is security in a society. You want that person to no longer be able to put you as a member of society at risk of losing your life on a whim, right? That's really and truly what you want. So if you can secure that person away in a place where they can no longer be a threat to you, your family, your loved ones, and your extended fucking community, then this, the, the win for you is the same. My fear is, with the death penalty being a thing that is a possibility on the books, it exists in a way that can be exploited. Right. Case in point, Anthony Ray Hinton. And I believe there are multitudes of people just like him who are six feet under the ground right now who do who did not ultimately deserve to be six feet under the ground. And because it was on the books as a thing that could be enforced by the state, state, federal, whatever, the government at hand, it was employed and it was done to people who did not fucking ultimately deserve it. I am perfectly okay with separating those people from society who are are not productive and are harmful to society. To society, the flip side of that, and where you get a lot of uh, what do you want to call it resistance? Kids, kids that murder. We, That's a good we one. can't. Aff- <laughs> yeah, that murder was a kids. different story. But I think the I think the majority of it is we can't afford that as an as a, as a society to sustain this human's life. For especially if they commit the crime when they're 20 years old and they might live to fucking. Yeah, well, we were talking about that a second ago. Why do I have to? It costs more to put somebody on death row because all the court costs at the end of the day. But if you're talking about like a fucking 17 year old kid, like that's a whole different ball game, man. Well, the okay, let let let's turn this to a different uh, a different spectrum of the conversation. Of why does a guy who has an ounce of weed on him? Now we as a society are paying for his imprisonment for 15 fucking years. Oh, that's, that's racism. If that that's- dude pays a fine, if that dude, fucking white, black, or whatever, pays a fine back into the community, right? He, he, he puts money back into the government through fines, but still gets to be a productive member. That guy works for the city or he works for the McDonald's or he works for the Walmart or he works for a fucking corporation where he's a really smart dude. He just likes to fucking get high every once in a while, right? On his off time, his downtime, he likes to smoke a little fucking weed, but in his nine to fucking five, he's actually a very productive member of the company that he works for, the, the society that he's inside of. He takes his kids to fucking soccer. He's a member of the community. He rises people up. But on his fucking downtime, he likes to fucking toke. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
why is that guy, us as a society, paying for his fucking imprisonment for fucking 10 years, 15 years as a minimum because he had more than an ounce because he's economical and goes, if I buy a fucking ounce, that's way better than buying fucking 30 fucking dime bags because I'm not a fucking idiot. I know I'm going to smoke an ounce a month. I'm going to go buy a fucking ounce. Fuck off buying a fucking a nickel at a time, right? Because the fucking price is different. That dude, you don't put him in prison for fucking 15 years. Guess what? Our fucking money that we put into the prison system as a society, we're all of a sudden going, yes, it's you more efficient person who is a as is an actual fucking danger to society. Pay your I'm perfectly willing to have a portion of my tax dollars. Take that guy mentally retarded or not that murdered seven yeah. fucking people put him in prison for trade life i'm willing out. to trade my seven dollars a fucking year for that security i'm perfectly okay with that wouldn't that be crazy man like you know if if joe biden or kamala harris wanted to really fucking like step on the gas just to consider like people that are in prison for drugs. Like, you have to go through and comb it. Now, you know they're not going to because they make a lot of money to have the motherfucking jails full. Huh? You know, that's mm-hmm. we figured well, that out a long time ago. I'm just saying. But wouldn't it be crazy, yeah. though? Like, if literally prison was only reserved for the worst of the worst at this point, I think we'd have plenty of room. Yeah. There wouldn't be no problems with overcrowding. More than enough. We, we have three. But Curtis, there's two goddamn prisons here happen. right across the street from each other. <laughs> yeah. We've got more privatized prisons in the state oh, yeah. that I live in than the rest yeah, the of the fuck country am I talking combined. To? You're in Tejas where tigers are legal. Uh, there's more tigers <laughs> in this state than there is in the fucking I wild. I feel like there's dude. a lot of sentences about in Texas that start that way. The said, there's more blank in Texas than there's in the whole fucking blank. Yeah. <laughs> Just yes. assume that always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get it, man. You're huge. And and yes, I agree. I agree. If if they were to turn out the people who are not truly a danger to society of going, dude, you got busted for whatever, right? And it, it you were only harming your fucking self by yeah. doing that, right? There, there's no provable way of saying that you were putting other members of society in danger. Fucking sure. get out of here. You're costing us $100 or $20 a fucking day to keep alive and housed and what fuck you get out the The worst members of society ends up there. Half of the fucking prisons in this country would fucking close their doors. And that's why it doesn't happen. And it's a conversation that Terry and I had before this, before this, like literally 20 minutes before this podcast. I bet they're going to make room for all those fucking dickheads that broke into the Capitol building the other day, huh? They're going to figure out some bed space. They got that one guy getting him some vegan meals. Like, they're going to make sure that everybody gets a place to stay. Sure. (laughs) There's got to be a punishment for the things that you do, right? But I don't believe that life and or death should be the two. Yeah, you fucked up, dude. We're going to separate you from society for a little while to teach you a lesson. And hopefully when you come back to society, you go, hmm. Yeah, that was a real bad decision because there's a consequence as an adult in this country for the decisions that you make. Yeah, but you just insinuated that there's some level of reformation going on in these prisons. I'm going to tell tell you right now. Just like in hockey. Without a doubt. And I'm going to tell you right now, you start talking about reformation, that $7 a day or $20 a day that the taxpayer pays to keep those motherfuckers alive for life Mm -hmm. goes way up. 
Well, it's Correct. paying those security guards to not get shanked in the fucking neck when they start acting like dickheads to a bunch of convicted criminals, man. It costs a lot right. of money to exactly. fucking put on a vest and go in there with no gun and risk getting your head chopped off every goddamn day. Right. And I'm perfectly okay with giving that guy a fucking salary of $80,000 a day if he's dealing with murderous rapists. A day? A day would be nice. A year. $80,000 a fucking year. Right? If the only fucking people he's dealing with is truly the dregs of society. Right? If he's dealing with the fucking guy that got caught drunk driving twice. Right? Yeah, that dude is not okay. Right. You are taking a you're making a decision as a person to drunk drive amongst other people who do not. They didn't sign up for that. And it circles back around, Jody, to what I'm talking about with the whole fucking my mentality. of People, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want to so long as it doesn't force other people to participate in your bullshit. If you drunk drive, those people that are on the road with you did not sign up to be with somebody who could fucking yeah. end their life. That's like texting and driving. That's right? even worse. I think it'd be the same crime. If you want my opinion. Oh, my God. It's just... It, I don't think it's as bad, but it's people real fucking, fucking die, no, and it happens all throughout the day. At least drunks wait till it gets dark outside to start driving around. Well, I mean, some people drink at fucking nine thirty in the morning because it's the best time. Shit. Listen, you know what I'm saying? between you and I, you know what I'm talking about. If you're going to be day drinking and driving, like you need to do it while the sun's up because you don't look as conspicuous. <laughs> exactly. Right. The cop just assumes you're texting and driving. Exactly. Jesus. Right. So no. But yeah, I, I believe if you take the death penalty off, if it's yeah. not an option. Right, then it won't be abused, and I feel like it got used a lot. And that's I get that it's been tainted. I think that's the problem. It is, and I think a lot of people go for it as like, oh, we're going hard in the fucking paint against crime. This is my fucking platform for the third district of fucking Southeast Arkansas. We're prosecuting everybody to the maximum of the fucking law. Okay, quit making fun of Kamala Harris now. Come on. Do you have like quick stats and stuff (laughs) like that? Can I ask you something and you can find out for me? Uh, Yeah. I know she does it on your show. I didn't know if that's, she's got her fingers. How many people have we killed? Like how many people have been executed since this year or? We're talking about January one to no, no, no. January or January one I'm to January one. Ever. Like since the death since the death oh, penalty ever. like legally has become a thing, how many people do you think or that will have a number? Maybe I'm sure it's thousands. I'm just curious. One thousand five hundred and thirty one men and women ha- have been executed in the United States since the nineteen seventies. So remember, there was a moratorium Correct. on the death penalty. So since it was reinstated in some people? states, because it's not saying? everywhere. Yeah. 1,531 Doesn't seem like that many for 50 fucking years, huh? But, right, and again, the caveat being that it's not, it has not been reinstituted in every state. that's true. Oklahoma was the first state to reinstitute the death penalty from the moratorium when they put it on it back in the the late 50s, early 60s. They put a moratorium, because people back then were like, holy fuck, take it off the books because it's being abused. And they were like, it, it's just like the uh, the the sale of uh, assault weapons that went into effect fifteen years ago. They were like, hey, we got to stop making assault weapons. And the only way it got through Congress and signed and turned into law is so long as there was an expiration date on that of ten years. Same thing that happened with the fucking death penalty. They're like, hey, fuck it, let's take the death penalty off the books, but only for ten years, and let's fucking reevaluate and let's right. see where we're at. In Oklahoma. 
was the first state to go, fuck you, we're killing people again. And then Texas we, was like, yeah, fuck we yeah, we're are too, because fuck hey, you, dude. Oklahoma. Uh, also, we can fucking kill people so, faster than you. So, know what's than crazy you. is uh, I just remembered the, the person I was talking about earlier who was wrongfully killed or whatever. I just remembered why he was uh, notable. He was like one of the only people that got electrocuted and didn't die. They fucking zapped oh, his yeah. ass. And then if something didn't hook some shit up properly. And they ended up having to do it again like the next day. So he got zapped twice. I feel like that news. You know, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> yes. It's like if you go into a firing squad and all them assholes miss, bitch, I should be able to I'm walk I'm just saying, the fuck if you out. took 1.21 gigawatts to your fucking dome piece, dude, like, that's enough. Yes. Like, I'm good. I promise I won't play. I don't even know. I forgot all my childhood. I don't even remember nothing. <laughs> right. If you green mild that motherfucker and made it through okay. it, fuck you. Yeah. All right, cool. I don't know Let's how go. accurate your statement was about Oklahoma being like. Mm, oh, no, hold on, we only need Texas facts when we need facts, Terry. Don't don't fact check it between. Oh, my that's bad. right. <laughs> well, sixty two six sixty two is how many Texases put to death since two thousand fourteen. Oh, that's pretty. So two thousand fourteen. Since two thousand fourteen, we have murdered. That's seven years. Sixty sixty two people. What's that? That's like a, a fucking a person a year. That's pretty good. I feel like they would have cake for that. It's like wow, that sucks. Gotta pump the. That's fucking Here's rookie the numbers. Let's pump them Tw- motherfucking numbers up. Twenty twenty was the only was our lowest year, and we only killed three. So <laughs> we're overachievers. She said twenty twenty. We only killed oh, twenty shucks. No three. Oh three. 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 I'm sorry. Once a quarter and a half. No. Anyways, I just I thought that was kind of interesting that Texas is uh, again. You can always assume that Texas is leading the way. With murdering people. Now, speaking on that, as a as an individual, as a person with thoughts and cares and emotions and whatever, I feel like emotionally we have the right to go, yeah, fuck that dude, right? Or lady or whatever she is, whatever the person is, fuck them, murder them, get rid of them, put them out in the middle of the fucking county seat at the courthouse. So the whole right. ass public can line up and take shots if they want to. Like if I want to take my gun down there and on oh, the shit. count of fucking three, two, one, yeah. shoot. Emotionally as a person, yes, I want to be able to do that because you fuck around and find me some raped dude a bunch of kids, yeah, raped nine, nineteen fucking yeah, eight sure. year olds. Yes, give me. 30 fucking minutes with that dude and I will give you 28 and a half minutes back because that's how long it's going to take. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's illegal to shoot a dead body. If he's already dead, you should probably get a couple rounds in, you know? (laughs) Right. And that's an emotional... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Can you please get rid of the ban on how many fucking bullets I can have in my clip at one time because I would greatly enjoy... His dead body just laying there, and I just fucking unload sixty yeah, fucking just rounds. Just making cheese out of a motherfucker. Please and thank hey. you. Yes, that's an emotional <laughs> inside of you thing, and I think most people are cool with that, right? Like, I think most folks are. Oh, this fucking guy, without doubt, no question. Yeah, he raped a baby on camera. That's ac- we saw across it. the board. He stuck his dick in a fucking five year old. <laughs> Nine yeah. of them. That ain't gonna work, right? Fuck that guy. You need I feel to the go same away. way. That's. I think the death penalty should be mo- reserved most for people those want guys. To just end yeah. that dude's life. I'm perfectly okay with society having that emotional reaction. 
where I separate those two things is I don't think government should react emotionally. I don't think our laws and our right. leaders should react on an We have the media too level. now, and that leads a lot of pressure in either direction, whatever it is, good or bad or, you know. Right. I just want to make myself feel that, yes, there's certain people in my personal. What about uh, Casey Anthony? That should I be she, ended. They should be Casey Anthony killed ended. a kid for sure. And look, sometimes I guess shit happens. I get that. But at the same time, like, you should probably get in trouble for that. You can't just kill your kid. Like that lady <laughs> in the 90s. Who was the fucking lady that, like, drove her kids into the fucking lake? Yeah, I, she just bitch. didn't say, say anything. Casey Anthony shut the fuck up. Actually, I think the one you're th- maybe thinking about was the lady who drowned her four children yeah. in the bathtub here in Texas. We well, killed her. There was an, she did. There was another one that, like, she put two of her kids in a car and just drove them into the fucking lake. I nice. don't remember that one. Yeah, there was no one. But, yeah, fuck them people. On a personal level, me personally, yeah. fuck her. Right? N- fuck you. Die. I don't give a shit about your life at <laughs> but it all. But it's crazy that you could see right? that. Like, like Zero sum give a fuck from She went through the whole public of the system and all she did is she got a good attorney and she shut the fuck up. Listen, if you want to kill somebody, don't tell anybody. That's the best piece of advice I can give you. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. And I learned that from I learned it from Casey Anthony. <laughs> making it really resonated with me because I had a seventeen year old at the time when Making a Murderer came out on Netflix and they had that fucking Lower than average intelligent kid, Brandon, whatever the fuck his name was, in that fucking room. We literally shut down yeah, our dude. household and brought our 17-year-old into the room. Don't talk to no polices without an attorney present. Ever. <laughs> fucking shut your mouth. If the, if you ever get caught up in anything, I don't give a fuck what it is. Minor hit to you. major. You know what I'm if saying? If you ever get shut your nothing. fucking mouth. <laughs> Only thing that comes out of your mouth is, I want to talk to my parents. Every question your answer is, I would like to speak please. to my parents. I would <laughs> like Fuck to speak a to my sir. Fuck a please. That's how you like get what you want. They nope. would say, please, sir, officer. I'll call you daddy. I don't give a fuck. Like, can I please Mm-mm. have my attorney present? I don't fuck fucking- all that. <laughs> I want to speak to my parents. Seven fucking words should come out of your mouth from here the fuck on. Because then me as a person who can walk in with some fucking intelligence and call this fucking cocksucker right. on his bullshit, I can protect you. But I can't do that if you decide to open your fucking mouth, especially in the state of, in the state of Texas at eight, at yeah. 17 years old, 16 years old. Your motherfucking ass might go to the death penalty. Well, that's a good policy even for adults, right? Yeah, shut uh, the instead fuck of, up. Instead of your parents you yeah, want to talk to dude, a lawyer and that's they're the police officers make them work for it they pay we pay you to work fucking i'm not gonna give you evidence right. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up right. and do your job and that's the again <laughs> that i think that speaks that speaks back to my logic of if you as an adult shut the fuck up right the worst case scenario you're going to spend your life in prison and then you don't have a ticking fucking time bomb of finding a way to exonerate yourself if you're truly oh, fucking man. innocent. That would be terrifying. However, if the death penalty is on the line and you are falsely accused and you shut the fuck up and you, you mind your P's and Q's and you still got fucked by the system and you're fucking dead 18 months down the road, the end. Man, did they ever do it that fast, though? 
Most people stay on death row for no, at least, I'd say, five to ten years, right? But still. Usually longer. Just let's say you're the, 25 years old and you spend 10 years on death row. I bet they've rushed some of them. Like, some people have done some heinous shit and they probably definitely for sure. sped that one up. Fucking Somebody Ron sure. White. Ron White has a- He's a, a comedian. I was like, they didn't kill Ron White, you fuck. He, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you even fucking, fucking joke like that. I'll tragedy. come- there would be. Do you want to think that fucking riot and and the the yeah. kicking in the doors of the the Capitol was a thing the other day? Shit, let Ron White I'm get t- fucking dude. murdered. You're gonna see an uprising in the streets. But he has a famous joke about Texas having a fucking express lane put in if three or more quid- credible credible witnesses confirm that you did a fucking death penalty crime you go to the front of the line there's no fucking waiting 10 years motherfucker you go to the front of the line you might be eight months away from fucking dying so you better file all the appeals and hope and fucking pray to god you've got this much time bitch because there might be some other asshole who mm, might be in limbo maybe he was an actual fucking criminal maybe he wasn't in texas there's more than three credible witnesses to your fucking yeah. crime you're dying today. Uh, no, I like okay. this philosophy. Okay. If, uh, if you come to Texas and kill somebody, we will kill you back. It's that same mm-hmm. yeah. setup. That's yeah. It's the same yes. joke. <laughs> yeah. We will kill you back. Right. And that's perfectly okay. So long as there's zero fucking doubt. And I don't think there's been that in means the more last, cameras though. And at least. What do you think? All these Alexas and these phones is just more monitoring of what you were doing and where you were at. And, and audio true that but also people are getting more and more smart mm. at making that shit look the oh, way they, they can make a 3d look. rendering they do fucking that fa- video face swap shit what is it deep fake deep fakes yeah but not only that you can cut up a video oh. like we like we're laying in this podcast right now we've got an hour and 45 minutes if i really wanted to i could cut this up in a way that makes i've you said terrible things for like sure complete <laughs> yes and i could put that out of context and present that to a jury who has no other context, and they could convict you on something where you're standing there going, whoa, why the fuck are you not listening to, to the entirety of the two hours and know that there's ingest? And and when things get yeah. brought to a jury- Just play that clip like, of, uh, yeah, he just rolls by and shoot a, a barbecue full of black people. Bah, 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 bah. That's going to be a good line. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then you happen to murder right. a black guy- Right, because he touched one of your kids, but that never gets brought up to the jury because of fucking bias or whatever the fuck reason. And then you're sitting in fucking Arkansas, who's a pretty fucking conservative. Yeah, we, don't, state, we don't fuck around, and, and they we go got a lot of prisons. Yeah, you're fucking fourteen <laughs> hours. You got fourteen hours, motherfucker. And then what do you want for your last meal? What's well, like fuck? I want a steak. Can I have steak and a blowjob, please? I, I mean, you're scram. They go, no, nah, bitch. You're getting Salisbury steak. You're getting some old motherfucking freeze dried. Yeah. Shrimp. From You're extremely exaggerating the speed. At we got American cheese slices and uh, Ritz crackers. You cocksucker! Right, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I actually like that. Would you if like you a take, lunchable? If you take an an American cheese slice, the kind that's wrapped up in plastic, and you fold yeah. it into fours, they fit perfectly. Oh, I'm aware. If you take a bologna really and you do. cut it for you know, whoop, whoop, and then you make four little pieces, and yep. then you can have little uh, bologna lunchables. Yeah. Boom. See, hello. I'm fucking for it. I like saltines, American cheese, and ketchup. That might be the wildest thing I've ever said. My my uh, go-to little pickles. <laughs> I do not. 
I do not personally put condiments on my saltine crackers. I just give it a little square. I don't do that a lot. That was back when I was a kid. We were poor. So it's like some nights I would just like eat, you know, crackers and bologna and cheese. And that was dinner. If I can have many of those you want to eat till you you get tired of it. And then, you know, on to the next thing, whatever. (laughs) Exactly. But it's folks like you that grew up that way. And folks like me that grew up in a very similar situation of not always having the most money to be able to live your best life, right? That I look at and go, the criminal justice system does not give a fuck. Oh, about buddy, us. I've experienced it firsthand. And that ex- so that's I try not to fuck with them anymore. I have buddies that are cops, and I know they do their job, but I I try to limit my exposure to police officers at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a friend through a company that we worked for. Me and Terry, when I, when I say that, me and Terry worked for a company. Terry made friends with this lady. Her husband was a cop in my hometown. Through that, he and I became buddies. I was like, fuck it. He was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can come like ride with me basically whenever the fuck you want to. Just go down mm-hmm. to the police station and sign up for a shift, and you can just go ride around with me with the whole fucking, like anybody in the in the city, county it's the ride as a can do that. Do a ride along, sign- for sure. Yes, do a ride along. And I was like, fuck yeah, I would like to do that just to kind of like see firsthand police in fucking work, right? Five that would be awesome. And I did that yeah. multiple times. This is going to be just like, like cops. <laughs> right. That's what you thought. But no, apparently cops work a lot of hours because a fuck ton of a police officer's fucking shift is fucking yeah, just chilling, nothing. waiting for crime. Because if you lived in Detroit, it's probably not that much. Like you just. You get done writing on a piece of paper, and then it's like, fuck. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, another one. 431, and yeah. Brian, we got to Again, <laughs> right, the whole planet, yeah. 129, whatever the fuck that fucking everybody's police race radar or scanner shit is. But with him, yeah, it's it's a lot of nothing. Luckily, he was like, dude, it's the, it's the perfect time. It's like, if you want to come experience law enforcement in action, I've got the shift. His shift was 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah, nothing, nothing good yeah. happens after it's midnight, like, guys. I, <laughs> exactly. Our grandmothers and every other grandmother from now, from the end of time, has said that fucking nothing cool, nothing good happens post-midnight. If you ain't in bed at 11.45, you're fucking up. <laughs> right? So it was a good shift to be on. So I would drive my happy ass down there and sign the paperwork and do all that shit and ride with him. And, of course, in Texas, the bars close at fucking yep. 2 a.m. And that's when all of a sudden everything kind of about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, that's when shit started popping off. Between then, it was just a whole bunch of riding around doing fucking nothing, right? Just driving the fucking streets. <clears throat> but what I learned is in my in my town that I live in, there is a group of police officers who have a very strong mentality of us versus them, right? It's the police versus public. They, they're not out there with the mentality of serving their community. They are out there in a mentality of, I am here to enforce the fucking law. They call themselves Leo's. They're law enforcement officers. They're not peace officers, which is what they have on their fucking certificates from school. They're a peace officer. That's their license. They ain't how they look at it. 
they look at it as I'm a law enforcement officer and you, John Q. fucking citizen, are going to bend to the fucking law of which I am a fucking yeah. representative. That's the mentality they carry themselves in. Well, those guys but are beyond for that. For sure. Depending there. on. Like that's got to be what they're looking for in a, in a sense. People that are going to uphold the law. Yes. And I'm for, I'm for law enforcement, right? What I am not for is the mentality of us versus them. Because when you do that, you shell yourself in a way where you look for certain things. Your mentality becomes, your scope of vision becomes narrowed. And you look for not what is greater for society, but what gets you stars on the fucking wall from your commander. From your superiors, from your mayor, from your city council, from whatever the national I'm sure give a fuck I'm is, sure that's out right? there, and, but I think it's more like you shouldn't ha- be able to have a career as a police officer. I don't think you should be a police officer more than I don't know five or six years. It's just it it depending on what you're think, doing, man. And I'm talking about after training, like to actually be like a street cop police officer. You just, if you're working in a bad spot, and we know bad spots, guys, it doesn't matter what color, what town, whatever, there's places where crime is more prevalent. And the fact of the matter is, is if you're exposed sure. to that on a day-to-day basis, you're going to become not o- not only aware like, or biased yeah, to certain things, but you're also going to become really skeptical and nervous and shit like that. Like, it's just one of those things, like... Your body can't be exposed yes. to that. Even people that go on tours, you know, overseas, come back every couple of years, is because you can't keep fucking doing that shit on a regular basis because it warps your brain. And the career yes, of a police agreed. officer is twenty fucking years, man. You know, like you right. do that for twenty years. Even active duty service people aren't active right. duty usually for twenty years. Like they fucking get some breaks. No. Every single interaction that you have with the public as a police officer is the worst could case be. scenario. And well, the, re- the reality because is that one of them very well could be. Worst case scenario, you get killed. Well, <laughs> and I feel like that is a shift from 1995-ish, maybe before that, 1990. I can't remember when the, uh, what was the bank the, robbery in L.A.? It's the L.A. right. It wasn't the riots for, no, for Rodney no. King and all that. It was around that time, though, where these a very small group of people With robbed a bank. Body armor. When they robbed the bank, they went it's in the there. No, the North no, Hollywood, Hollywood shootout. North Hollywood shootout. Post that, you can have that as a fucking line that was drawn in the sand where there was a militarization of our regular yeah. police force where those dudes went into a bank, robbed it, came out in full fucking battle rattle with automatic weapons and the police were not fucking ready that's a, for that's it. That's a very good point. Right. You mentioned Those assholes carried fucking 45s at Probably best on their hip. Vest all the time. It's the end. Optional. Didn't yeah. carry had, a vet. Yes. They had a shotgun in the trunk. And they fucking lost in the worst dramatic way. Right. So the, the police mentality at that point was, holy shit, if the public can do this, we have to be able to match that at best. But they went a full measure above it to include fucking MRAP vehicles, SWAT teams that were, they're, they're straight up fucking National Guard military so We talked about they could walk in and shoot a motherfucker in the face and then walk out and be like, we're good. You good? 
<laughs> right. And that was the shift in the mentality of us do these jobs. Them. I think they should go and maybe, uh, you know, grow corn or something. I pay them a lot of money to go sit in the field and maybe. grow corn. They don't need to really be hanging with people. <laughs> you know, let them shoot cans or something. Like, just, you go. Right. There's some people that don't belong in maybe they can, the police force. They can go and work with sure. the people in prison that are fucking murdering people. we be like, hey, what's it like to murder and be on the inside of prison? I don't know, dude. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let them be correctional officers. So that's that's this... the ultimate irony. It's like, what are you in here for? Oh, killing people. It's like, cool. I've killed like 10 or 12 mm-hmm. people. It's fine. You know, I'm out. Right. What do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, I drag motherfuckers down the green mile. And I mean, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's the fucking irony of the whole situation. Yeah, but it's cool. I was a veteran, though. It's, you know, <laughs> I served my country. It's like, right. I just fucking was having a bad day. Exactly. So you have these assholes who are. Police officers. And post that, it became the status quo of us v. them. The mentality right, be ready shift for was war. there. Right. And that's perfectly okay because there's some assholes in the world. And I believe, again, this is me on my fucking Second Amendment fucking soapbox. I believe any, or let me say this, the, the city, county, or parish, depending Louis, if you're Louis, fucking Louisiana or not, county, state, federal level. If they can have it, we should too, right? So I feel like if I'm a Jeff Bezos type motherfucker that has retarded amounts of money and I want to develop a fucking fleet of battleships, I should be able to fucking do that. The Second Amendment affords me the right to to do so. Some fucking Batman villain and like go around and just busting caps and cruise ships. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, because the the government as it exists is thoroughly scared that somebody any fucking body might be able to rally enough of us the people to overthrow them and that's the whole fucking point of the first and second fucking amendments is i should be able to say whatever the fuck i want to say whether or not it hurts your feelings correct right the whole reason free speech exists is so that your feelings can be hurt the whole reason the Second Amendment exists is so that if my government becomes tyrannical to the point that I, we as a group of people do not agree, we should be able to overthrow right. or it. Or if you say something that I really don't like, then I could shoot you in the fucking foot and call you a cocksucker. Right. Yes. <laughs> we can stand there and have a beer. Those two things. That's why they're the First and Second Amendments, right? That's why they're number one and number two. Yeah. And three, four, five, six, eight, and, and beyond are... I feel like the 13th Amendment probably shouldn't even fucking exist because it was wrapped up literally in the original fucking Declaration of Independence. But that's a whole other story. The First and Second Amendment exists so that I can say what the fuck I want to say, whether or not your feelings are hurt or not. And my ability to have a weapon is to defend myself against your butt hurtness. I don't get I don't get the second one anymore, unfortunately. I love guns. I just can't have one. So. I'm all for them. Have guns, dude. We just recently. I wish I could. It's just I'm so scared, and I don't want to go to prison. So I fucking I can't. <laughs> yeah, Did you catch a I felony or what? When I was a kid. I guarantee you are not the same person at 33 mm-hmm. that you were at 19. But 
and well, we have I've, a family I've had my record sealed who like, cannot if I want to get a job and you know I could say if you've been convicted of felony I say no problem is I'm still in the database my DNA's in the database too oddly yeah. enough so it's like nowadays once you fuck around and get put in there you it go- doesn't matter if your DNA ever shows up on the scene Bubba nah. they have it in Arkansas it's treated like it never happened is what they say so basically I could go hunting probably I, if I was on public or private property hunting deer you know, I could probably get away with that. The problem is, is in between going to private property and hunting deer, I'd have to transport my gun. And if I got mm. caught in any situation in between there, then I'm a ex-convicted felon with a firearm. Like, you fucking, you can go to jail for like 10 years for that. Now, lately, right. with shit getting so wild, you know, I've kind of considered what the risk versus reward. But hopefully nobody breaks in my house, because all I've got is a like a Bowie knife. And I swear to God, I would stab somebody. I've been looking to stab somebody with it, actually. It's it's a beautiful <laughs> knife. My buddy made it for right. me, another podcast host. He hammered it out of a tire, iron, big fucking Bowie knife oh, with wow. Po'boys written on the side of it. And it's just, it's tucked in my closet. So hopefully nobody ever breaks in because they're going to get it from stem to sternum. Right. I don't have any backup okay. weapons. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Please right. don't break into my house. I don't know. You know, and I feel, I learned just the other day that, we're pretty sheltered. I mean, I don't know how big your town is, but we live in uh, comparative to Texas. It's yeah, a pretty I think small we're probably town. about that. We're in a outside of Little Rock, so a nineteen thousand, I okay. think total. It's a decent sized city, but it's not oh. huge, huge or small. Okay, well, we're a little bit bigger than that. Um, interestingly enough, we're around a hundred. That's like Little Rock, probably. Um, which, I think North Little Rock is rather something. Okay, I don't have much uh, to to like base all that on because I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was a large town. Um, and then I moved to Texas and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma really isn't that large comparatively. And then, uh, I lived in a town of like 1500 for a while. So it's hard for me to gauge yeah, what exactly is I've big and too. small. Not quite that as small. Far as that towns. Was fucking, how was that? Oh my God. <laughs> fucking yeah. miserable is how that was. But so, I grew up there. Yeah, so it was he, like my norm. He grew up there, and that was perfectly fine. But prior to that. Hold up. Actually, I grew up in a town. I didn't even grow up in a town. I grew up in a community of. Seven. Moving maybe. On. At best, it was 150. Jesus Christ. Anyways, prior to that, I had never had to drive more than 10 minutes to get to a store. And moved to this little town of 1,500 on a good fucking day. Um, and I'm driving 45 minutes just to, to, yeah, to get venture, the necessities. Man. So, right. Um, anyways, I I learned just recently that we're pretty fucking sheltered here in our little town in East Texas. You know, uh, the riots and shit. And it was like, okay, well, that shit's happening two and a half hours yeah. tonight. <laughs> West. Like, oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Uh, even, <laughs> right. I mean, even like peaceful protests and shit. I mean, we had like seven people standing yeah. on a street corner. Uh, well, it's weird like that so. being like in the okay, South, 12. if you're in a very like integrated area, like it's been really weird, you know, like Delvin said, he's going to come stay with yeah. me. I told him, you can come up here, dude, I'll fucking, we'll hang out, bring me some cocaine, I'll make you some ribs, like we'll fucking, we'll party, dude. <laughs> when the Civil that War kicks fair. off, you know, I got some friends that I want to keep, like I don't want to be a part of this bullshit. She was speaking on a second ago. It's funny, it, I've talked about this in a couple of places, of course, on, on The Bearded Idiots, but we also talked about it recently on What the Harmon with a buddy of ours named James, who is, he's, he's a black guy that lives here. He's He has a different uh, spectrum, you know what I'm saying, uh, that he's grew up with from in the same area, 
the general area that I have grown up in, and his life experience has been different than mine because he was a black man growing up through that. Right. I was a white dude growing up through that. So we have a lot of good conversations, and we did like a four-and-a-half-hour podcast with that guy here just recently, you know, on the vein of that. And he has had multiple conversations before we actually decided to sit down and record one. But <clears throat> I grew up in, like I said, a, a community. It wasn't even – it wasn't a town. It wasn't a anything where – the graduating class of the school that I went to was anywhere from four to at at most Damn. twenty people. Right, a graduating class a of twenty motherfuckers. Town, right, it is a very <laughs> small community, and I was lucky enough to be like a second or third second or third grader when like the first Mexican kids started going to our school because before that it was straight white folks. I mean, white on white on white on white. There was one kid in my brother's grade who was like seven years in front of me that was half white, half black. And he was the singular oddity. He was just, and the His entire mom was fucking and he school was just a little bit brown. And <laughs> they was like, "Hey, everybody, go!" <laughs> right, like he, but he grew up like his mom was black and his dad was white. His dad grew up in the area, fucking dairy farmer. You know what I mean? So he grew up on a farm. He wore fucking boots. He talked the way we talked. I mean, he wasn't that fucking odd. He was a little bit darker than everybody else, but everybody loved Shannon. He was just a fucking cool yeah. dude. He was is what it is, right? Like, it wasn't even like a big deal, but everybody knew who he was because he was He's African. <laughs> yes. And then he, sh- and then in at my level, second and third grade, there's these two full blood Mexicans. Understand that the community that we live in is Hopkins County, Texas, which is yeah. nothing That's but like some dairy farms. Shit. It is 95% the, the dairy farms, the labor at the dairy farms is nothing but true blood Mexican folks, right? These two kids happened to just fuck two brothers. They had to enroll in our school yes. because Texas rules. And we fucking loved them, like, across the board. Like, my family grew up, like, my my – my grandfather, who again was the patriarch of our family, was a sharecropper. His family was a sharecropper. They moved around like central Texas, just wherever the fuck work was, that's where they went. My grandmother was the same thing, but she was more in East Texas. One summer they overlapped, and that's how my grandmother and my grandfather met, and the rest is history from there. But my grandfather grew up through an era where you went from the hard R being acceptable to Negro. Right. It changed a lot, right? Over the last 15 years. Right. Like in a hurry, he went through that whole era of all of those things were just acceptable. And to him, as the guy that was literally standing there picking fucking black eyed peas next to a fucking dude who was significantly darker than him, calling him the hard R to, to my grandfather, that was just like, well, that's just what we call him. Right, like I don't hate that dude because he's doing the same work that I'm doing, and we're all going towards a common goal of making ourselves better. But that's just what they're referred to as. And then he shifted to, well, they don't want to be called the hard R anymore. It, it, like Negro is the whole thing. But then that doesn't. They're like, oh no, we're not cool with that. So he 
they transition to yeah, black. It sounds like some grandpa shit to say. It's like, well, I guess we're calling them Negroes it, it, or something, whatever. You know, they're always fucking bitching. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then my grandfather, as he gets older, he becomes a grown-ass fucking man. He ends up in the fucking, like, he works on a dock for Red Ball Transportation Company in Dallas, Texas, during the 60s and 70s, right? And there's just regular, there's black folk working with him, Right. And he's like, in that time, it was acceptable for everybody to refer to black folks as Negroes, right? Like, they weren't offended by it. It wasn't a term of uh, degradation. It's like, okay, right. that's the acceptable at, at term this point, of the day. I know the one you move forward and say, but you can't. So I, I will accept this for the moment. I'm not happy about it, but... Right, it, it's fucked up. Right. It is what it is, right? If this is the best it's, it's going to get, up, I'll take it, but whatever. In, in my grandfather's mentality, there was a time where he could use the hard R, and to him, in his moral being, it wasn't a derogatory term. It's just what was used to refer to right. people of that color, right? That's what it's a victim of the times. Even George Washington has slaves. Yeah. Well, and not only that, again, my grandfather literally standing in a fucking black eyed pea field side by side with a dude that he would call the hard R doing the same work, doing the living this almost the same life. Not exactly the same, but close enough. Doing the same work. As he got older in his in his later years, dementia started setting in. And he would refer back to those times where he was like, well, we used to have this hard R working right next to us. And I was like, whoa, what are you talking about right now? It's Curtis. You know what I'm saying? Can I tell you, because like, he, when you started to go into that, I know I just, I kind of try to get my shots in. Like, as soon as you said it, I go, oh, yeah, he just was going around screaming the N-word. And, like, I was going to be a smart ass and say that. And it's actually funny now that you're confirming that. So thank you for that. Yeah, he would say that. Like, oh, my luckily, God, we got to get out of I here, Papa. Holy shit. Through his ministerial time frame, when he decided to become a Baptist minister to the time that he decided to retire from that, <sighs> that scope of him was more compassionate. Ride, when he when he got out of that, some dementia and sundowners and all that kind of shit started setting in. And he would, re, he would revert back to his younger years when he was 15, 16, 17 years old. We catch him out in the fucking front yard trying to kill fucking fire ants in his goddamn underwear, right? And just fucking complaining about why these hard oh, R's ain't his heart, him. man. Right? Because he thought he was fucking 16, 17 years old, and that was the norm. That, so the point that I wanted to make there is, is in a very short amount of time, historically, from the, what, the 1960s? To what? What is sixty to twenty two? Uh, Forty sixty two years. Sixty two years? years. I believe there has been more progression in that sixty two years, years before than there <laughs> <For> was sure. <laughs> the hundred and sixty two years in front yeah, of it. A little bit. Right, and I wonder sometimes why that is not looked at as a thing. Yeah, but right, and it, it's something that me and James have talked about is. As a black guy, yes, you want to 
like a, a steady progression. Like let's let's fucking get. Well, a what's bit crazy about day, it though is when right? you read but, the books because they didn't teach me all the stuff in the books when I was a kid. I had to get a little older. It wasn't until recently, a few years ago, I started actually digging into stuff. But like. You come across some of them pictures. You're talking about being a victim of the circumstance. You know, you just happen to be that time. Like, there's pictures of just a bunch of white people hanging around a tree with black dudes swinging from them. And that's weird to be like, sure. I'm going to sit here and have ice cream cone with my kids. And we're just going to hang a couple black dudes. That's weird. But also to be like, I'm a uh, black person mm-hmm. who lives in the town of whatever'sburg. And I happen to catch a glimpse. I drive by and I see that you and your friends, not you, but just like, what do you do there? You're going to move? Like you go home and you go, okay, well, I guess we can just do that. Like I would be scared out of my fucking life every day. Yeah. And and we've come a a long goddamn way is all I'm trying to say. (laughs) But yes, we have. And I believe there should be some credit applied there. And it's something that me and James talked about on our last, our most recent podcast with what the Harmon is with James. When we tried to eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was to, to like have a podcast, like I knew James back then. And we did, we we did a sit down and I said some things at that podcast that today I wouldn't say because I have progressed over the last fucking decade as a person to that not be my status quo. Right. Like I, I have grown as a person in that time frame to where I'm still sitting down in a very similar setting where we're recording our conversation and I regret the person that I was then, or at least a part of me. I regret being that, that part of the person because I said some things then that was inappropriate yeah. in my mind today. Back, but back then, even just inside of the last 10 years, 2008, 2009 to today, there's been a, a shift in my mentality because I've opened myself up to the exposure of people outside of my uh, tight knit group right. of people. I've opened it up to have a different influence come into it. And I have changed through that time frame. You're a reformed redneck, man. I know lots of us are around nowadays. Well, yeah. I mean, you you grow up in a in a very specific. It's weird though, right? Like knowing all the and, the songs and the phrases and the jokes and the things, and it's like I don't want to think about that anymore. But it sucks because it's in there. I had the Dixie Outfitters shirt. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Rebel flag belt buckles and the shit. That was a stupid kid. I did knock that off pretty fucking yeah. quick because I had mostly black friends. Like people say, "Oh, I got black friends." I typically gravitated towards black people because I was poor. And in my neighborhood, a lot of poor black folks. So when we hung out, that's what it was. And so it's, I realized at a certain point that that wasn't cool. And I kind of laid off of it (laughs) just because I didn't feel like getting my ass beat as my black friends were going through puberty and getting quads and delts and shit like that. Some of my black friends got fucking swole in high school, dude. (laughs) Like I didn't want to be fucking with them. Well, and also you, I assume you went through some of the same processes. Like there was a, I grew up in a small town and we talked about that. And then I moved to a little bit bigger town, not much bigger, but the town that I did the majority of my development years, I'll say that from sixth grade through high school, junior high and high school, where you really come of age as as a young man. Correct. My town was very mixed. I went from the, what I talked about earlier, this little fucking who gives a fuck community of 
almost zero fucking diversity. I spent one year in the Sulphur Springs School District of fucking 50-50. Like, I showed up in my first period class the first year of sixth grade, and half the people in my classroom were black. You and I was like, the door and you were like, God damn, it's dark got to. It was like, holy shit, did, did y'all turn on all the lights <laughs> or are we are we on a budget right now? I don't, but no, it, it was like, holy shit, this is a whole new fucking scenario of actual life that I have to figure the fuck out. I didn't know how to figure that fuck out. And of course, I, dra- I gravitated to the assholes who were willing to accept me as a white dude. And we started wearing fucking combat boots. With our fucking pants tucked into it, the whole fucking nine, right? Super not okay with black people because I yeah, fell into that those prison tropes. Shit. That's that get in to find a pack. Yes, new guy showed up. You're white. I'm super fucking yeah, white, like white. super fucking white, like fuck everybody. That if you ain't white and true blood white, they all need to fucking go to the goddamn oh, gas chambers. White. Where, where's your swastika? Those dudes, Curtis. Well, Jesus. they caught me up for a minute. They caught me up for a minute, and I and I went on a bad path. But here's what I found out. Here's what'll blow maybe your maybe not your mind because I know where you come from because the majority of the contact that I had through that was North Little Rock. But I think some people that might be listening to this might find this interesting. The people that I found myself aligned with in this fucking nothing give a fuck part of East Texas. Right, like nobody gives a shit about this community as a whole, other than the fact they make a bunch of fucking milk for the surrounding fucking communities. Where it came to the outside of norm of making money, side hustles. Go with that. Side hustles to the nth degree. These dudes literally were what people today would look at as. The extreme right, again, put yourself in the mentality of the people that I was hanging out with at the time. If you've ever seen Have American seen Amer- History yeah. Hicks, those are the assholes the G-G- that I was running The Gigi Allen fans. Okay. Got it. <laughs> those assholes dealt with, shook hands with, partied with, had fucking alliances with motherfuckers from North Little Rock. And if you know anything about North Little Rock, it is the opposite of American History X. Yeah. It is yeah, dark. <laughs> North Little Rock is brothers yeah, running shit. And that that was the alliance was North Little Rock provides a thing that us white boys down here in fucking Deep East Texas need. We're going to be okay with them. We're going to party with them. We're going to spend weeks at a fucking time yeah. integrated because we have a mutual fucking understanding of yeah, because economic fucking share that money. It doesn't matter what color you are. Give me that, give me yes, the money. <laughs> exactly. So, so that connection was there. So I had this mix of, and this fucking shit storm of a goddamn youth of, well, well, these guys that I hang with on a regular basis saying that those dudes up there are fucking below us and degrading, but yet we still participate in their and their parties are more fun. Yeah, they than definitely ours. have better music. And <laughs> without them, we don't exist, and without us, they don't exist. And there's this fucking weird chemistry that happens there. So you remove yourself from that dramatically because your whole family moves away from it, and you've been in an even smaller town. And that smaller town has 
a very similar dynamic, but only on a country scale, where the North Little Rock dudes were pretty fucking hardcore and and kept a, a, a strong line that was respectable. Like there was a there was an understanding, there was a mutual understanding between the two groups of, hey, this is mostly business, but with right, business comes out. some pleasure. <laughs> yeah. But right. we ain't gonna be no fucking pictures. boys, right? Yeah. Like we're never gonna be like cool, cool with it. Yeah, exactly. No pictures, but we can fucking party. And then you move to East Texas where it's like, well, fuck it, we can party. Give a fuck. Right? Like we're all the same right here. Everybody's trying to make a fucking dollar. And I came into that group with a mentality of like I know some of the society across the street. And then I got these other dudes that I'm hanging out with, they're like, oh no, fuck all them because their melatonin levels are higher than us. No. And this had a fucking or mela, what is it called? Melanin. Melanin levels are higher than ours. So that means that we're better than them. And I'm like, you're a fucking moron because with it was a fucking shit show of an understanding as a youth of a of a middle, not quite an adult, but not really a kid. That weird you're very point susceptible, man. Where you're yeah, very sure. malleable. It's what I prefer to get you from the army, Curtis. And I'm grateful. Right, 16, 17. That's the sweet spot. Yes. (laughs) And I'm very grateful for the experience that I have or that I had in that time frame because it gives me the ability to have a perspective of difference amongst the people at large where I live. I can have a more open mind, especially in times like what we're experiencing right now where the country feels like it's splitting along certain lines, whether you want to call that party, racial, intellectual, whatever that line is. I'm grateful that I have the experiences in my life to be able to go where all the majority of us are fucking purple. We're not red. We're not blue. The majority of us live in a spectrum where the majority of that is purple. And I hope when the ashes settle from whatever the fuck may come over the next time. I could sit on this for fucking a month or two, man. I love sitting on episodes. That's what usually happens because I put out episodes when I fucking want to. So that's what's funny. This could be months from now, the world could be completely fucked. I could have already yeah. been fucking dead from the vaccine. Hey, if I die, just guys, it was a pleasure getting to meet you finally and getting to hang out. Right. Agreed. I hope that if if the country to because you got to think about the people that lived during the Civil War, right? They had to make some hard choices. I don't know how long Civil War was. I assume it wasn't six months. But like, yeah, you've been thinking that you were right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, not right. even a like, question. It, it, like, it is obviously. It is. See? Yeah. And then you have other on both sides of that. You have the North and the South that were, I'm right, you're wrong, eat shit and fucking die. And I feel like even back then you had a certain amount of people, fucking Robert E. Lee being one of them, going, I'm split. I'm not okay with the status quo of, yes, of everything. But a line has been drawn in the sand. I have to stand on one side of it or the other. I choose a line. He chose the Correct. losing side. History dictates that he chose the losing side. Technically, he led. And it the is losing what it side. is. Correct. Exactly. He led the losing side, but he chose a side, and that he was 
distraught in that choice because he believed with the he believed in the ideals of what the United States was trying to do, but he had a moral obligation to defend his state, and his state said, right. "We don't want that." So he had, he chose maybe but it on was the, the wrong right side of history thing to do. In his mind, he was choosing it's the crazy. Right. And I feel like <laughs> as we go through the day to day of today, we're putting a position of what's right. Choosing yeah, what's right and wrong. Those That's exact what same gets things to decide now, right? Right. And now it's it's even more muddied because you have. People that choose science, you have people that choose anti-science, you have people that choose politics, you have people that choose whatever. And we're all doctors too. Doctors and lawyers. It's pretty sweet. Like you get online. It's like obviously I went to law school. I know all the laws. And I read the thing. And I'm like, well, he's gonna go to prison forever because I saw this and that case closed. Fuck you. (laughs) Right. And and history fucking the Civil War was what, eighteen eighty I don't know what the fuck it was. Yeah, how you were in like fucking fucking kindergarten or something? I think right, eighteen. Yes, (laughs) maybe, maybe second grade. But history is going to look back on the era of twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two. There's going to be history books written about that, and guys like me and you, or whoever the fuck is in power at the time, the fucking horn wearing asshole. That walked into the fucking his kid. You no, know, it's going to be his kid. House. And, He's going to have some yes, kind of a TV. They're going to have to answer yeah, to those fucking things. They're, they're going to land in fucking right. history's tomes. So when we look back at the Civil War, we look back at the fucking American Revolution, and we go the people that rose up above that 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 we know their names: the Jeffersons, the the <clears throat> the Washingtons, and the fucking Adams, and the the whoever's right. The, the Franklins, those assholes were the ones that were really out in front of things. There's going to be somebody that is 40 years old, just like us, you know, they're, they're mid thirties having a conversation going, what in the fuck did a Pence or a Trump or a Biden or a Kamala or right. a fucking whoever, their names are going to be the ones that lands in the history books. Guys like us are going to be the ones that are going, dude, can you Shut believe why? this shit? Hold up. You mean to tell me? Yeah. There's a lot of assholes back in the fucking American Revolution in the Civil War that were just like us that their names never got fucking written down. And their catalog of thoughts never got fucking put down. The glory of living in the age that we live in now is that hopefully, hopefully, there's some deep state fucking archives of the I got hard drives, podcast. man. I'm going to fucking keep it in a safe. And then maybe one day, like I am legend, just somebody right. will come across it and be like, I got to find a computer. <laughs> fucking Will Smith is going to rub on a hard drive and be like, yeah. how do I plug this into the Matrix? I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think it's, it's just a cyclical fucking cycle of yeah. human history. It's documentation, of- man. It's just I don't <clears throat> I don't work for the history books. I'm not right. a doctor. I just play one on podcasts. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't. I'm not a fucking philosopher and or a great historian or whatever, but I will talk some shit. But you're a cultured, you're a dignified older man who's Mm. had a lot more time than I have to sit around and think about shit. So I appreciate your opinion, your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) What is this word dignified? I associate it to his beard. I just see the gray streaks in it, and I assume like that's that's what dignified means to me. Like to have just that that nice pattern. Mm. Dignified older gentleman. Yeah. 
you have have your cigar and, and your stripes. whiskey. <laughs> right. Yeah, anybody that sits around and drinks a fine whiskey, which I'm drinking benchmark bonded, by the way, which is all of about twelve. I didn't even get into all that shit. See, that's the problem. I was sitting talk to you for eight goddamn hours. So <laughs> my wife is gonna yell at me because yeah. I haven't had dinner I and I gotta pee. So we will make this a uh, uh, regular occurrence, hopefully. We'll talk again soon, buddy. It was a yeah. pleasure to have you here. And uh, would you guys like to give plugs or anything like that? Tell me where all your information to your, your Patreon and all that stuff, too. Get it out. Well, I mean, you can go to a couple of websites, and everything will be listed there. Uh, mine and Terry's, which, unfortunately, I have domineered the conversation during this. But me and Terry have whattheharmon.com. <laughs> All the links to everything is there. Our socials, Patreon, our social media, yeah, not social our media. socials. Right. Social I can't catch my last four of my social there. Nah, <laughs> right. nah. Um, Back off, ISIS. Right, you can't get my fucking government ID at that location. But you can you can catch our social media is there, and of course the Patreon and whatever at what the harmony. And of course you can go. Please take time to listen, if nothing else, to the Devin Cox appearance, which is what number. Three, I think our third episode, second episode. Don't give me a line. It's on the website. You can find it. It's book club number one um, for the, the Sun Does Shine. Listen to that one. That's a that's a really good podcast. Uh, but all the other ones are, are cool there. It's general conversation. And then the Bearded Idiots, which is beardedidiots.com. <laughs> all the links are there for everything. Um we would appreciate you listening. If you're down with whiskey, if you're down with just not this kind of conversation, that's a little bit more three dudes. Oh, yeah. Around, yeah. yeah. Reviewing a whiskey. I might get and then just times. <laughs> talking shit. Yeah, just talking shit for an hour a week. If you're looking to escape and listen to some other people of like-mindedness, that's where it's at. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for real. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll bump into each other soon, and the world doesn't end. Yeah, we definitely will. And we want to have you on our show because I know you've told the story ten thousand times of yeah. your injuries. But I want, I want, I want to dig into that. Well, I, guys, I didn't even right. really gotten into this. Do you know how awesome it's been being able to cover the bottom half of my face for the last ten months? <laughs> right with a fucking mask I've had this shit yeah. since I was 16 I, do you know like how many people and I, I'm not trying to brag I'm just telling you what happens people point people stare people ask me what happened all that shit yeah. I haven't had that for like the ta- last 10 months nobody's fucking ducked behind me or fucking pointed or said what happened to your face like <laughs> not one fucking time I'm all for it <laughs> I wear the gator, though. I don't do the fucking painter's mask. I do, like, the fucking Sub-Zero mask. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, the Sub-Zero yeah, mask. That's my- I got real expressive eyebrows and fucking forehead wrinkles, so I try to smile even when I'm not so that people know what's going on. But Yeah, that's a whole other thing in the last fucking 18 months is people have decided to figure out how to express their emotions. Yeah, no shit. Well, that's what I'm- hey, and I hey, fell I've been doing at it for 16 time. fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Well, yeah, thanks for having wait, us. I appreciate we'll it. We'll get it's a little deeper fun. with Terry next time because you you told me a couple things there. Let's say we we got to do some digging, and maybe next time we talk, we'll uh we'll investigate deeper into Miss Terry. Yeah. How about that? I've certainly enjoyed right. it. I, you're a very gracious host to allow us to just you know there's a there's a whole thing about 
hosting a podcast to where it's not about yourself. It's about your guest. And I appreciate that about you where when you have somebody on, it's not about Jody B. It's about what Jody B can bring out of his guest. And you're very, very oh. fucking good at that. And I don't want that to, I don't want that to miss on anybody that listens to your podcast. I think you're a, you're an excellent host and you let the, the guest be the star of the show. And oh, I, man, I, I only talk to interesting greatly. people. So <laughs> you can take that, take that however you want to, man. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And, uh, once again, thank you. So have a good evening, fellas, ladies, and, uh, I'll see you in the chat for sure. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. You too. Right on. So that was my conversation with Curtis and Terry. And I think they're awesome. You guys be sure to subscribe to the bearded idiots. Check out what the Harmon and, uh, yeah, man, show them some love. I don't really have a whole lot of stuff to get into. I just figured I would wrap it up with a couple of fun stories. Uh, just recently, I walked into a Popeye's chicken and some young gentleman was having a, uh, a hypoglycemic attack and his whole body locked up. He was having convulsions. It was not a good thing. I walked in and as we were trying to get the situation handled, we realized his blood sugar was low. And I said, uh, hey, do you get any honey? And it's Popeye's, so obviously they do. And, uh, yeah, we fed the kid some honey. He snapped right out of it. Thank you, Jason Almy. If you listened to an episode before, right before, or a couple before this, uh, yeah, <laughs> turns out, honey, save the day. Boom. And right after that whole thing happened, I text Jason, and I said, hey, man, you know, powerful Jason Almy with the, uh, the score on the honey to save a life. And he said, did you put it in his mouth or his ass? And I was like, well, in his mouth, because he swallowed it, but we were just a few seconds away from going for the asshole, which could have been an interesting scene considering he was a complete stranger. Probably would have made the news at least. And also my father-in-law heard something incredibly racist at the dentist. And uh, this one, it made me laugh because being from Arkansas, I've heard some crazy racist shit in my life. And my father-in-law overheard from the other room, an older woman, older, let's say in her mid sixties, maybe right around 60, old enough. The hygienist was cleaning her teeth and asked if she'd plan on getting a COVID vaccination. And the woman said, no, because I heard they're using black baby fetuses to make the vaccine and therefore going to alter our DNA and try to eliminate white people. Now that is some racist shit. And it's crazy because that's really something that somebody thought, A, which is fine, you can think things, but then it came out of her mouth. So, yeah, man, <laughs> that's the kind of shit we're dealing with here. The, that's only one person, but I have to imagine there's more than one if this crazy bitch put that together. And that's what's even worse is like if she would have said, oh, they're injecting us with nigger blood, that would have made way more sense. Like that would have been absurdly racist, but kind of funny. Like, whoa, I can't believe she fucking said that. I mean, we all know that can't be a thing. Like, surely we would have heard about it by now. They were injecting fucking white people with black people blood just to make them better or to get rid of them. Like, I don't know. We have more black doctors. That'd be cool. And surely if you could get away with injecting it, like, I, I bet if I found out somehow that Tom Brady had done that, I would probably believe that. Tom Brady, maybe Eminem. But no, the fact she pulled put a whole goddamn two, three sentences together that sounded scientifically accurate and appropriate Made it all that more crazier. So just, wow. <laughs> Watch out. 
I'm telling you, there's some people out here that you don't realize how painfully stupid they really are. Speaking of, hey guys, you know me. Like, subscribe, share, rate, review. Tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your friend's mom about the show. Go to www.biobidet.com. Use promo code POBOYS. You get 10% off. Clean your booty hole like a champion. And uh, save money on toilet paper. Use some water. Make your asshole nice and squeaky clean. Also, cushydreams.com. Smoke your CBD because you can. Go there. Use promo code POBOYS. You get 15% off your order. You can try all their wonderful CBD flower products. Six different flavors to enhance your mood and to cure your ailments. Cushydreams.com. K-U-S-H-Y. Motherfucker. And that's that. I'm really happy to have crossed paths with Curtis and the rest of the bearded idiots. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to interact with them. I've uh, made some new friends thus far. And uh, like in the last month or two, some really cool people I've come across. And I'm looking forward to getting to know them better. God willing, uh, for my birthday this year, we're going to do a roast. The participants have been selected. The jokes are being written. It's going to happen on April Fool's Day. (laughs) So, I'm looking forward to that. Surely there's not anything too terrible that you guys could say about little old me. And uh, I'm going to get some of my meanest, most hilarious friends to come and uh, try to say terrible things to me and my other friends. It'll be fun. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'll probably get one more out before then, and that'll be that. So, guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. With a cocaine jack, St. Louisiana draws. She take me to the river and we do the whiskey while we walk out. Another lipstick, but it keeps a feeling like a sand off skin. And dipping honey, dripping, fuck it, I'm a winner.
we'd like to welcome a new sponsor, Cushy Dreams. They say, smoke your CBD because you can. And I agree. I've tried all the gummies, the drops, the, the rubs, the oils, all that shit, man. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a big fuck, and I don't think those things are geared for somebody like me. But, you know, I do appreciate the process of smoking bud, and I feel like this is a really neat substitute for, you know, if maybe you don't want to get completely stoned <laughs> before you go do something. It's a CBD flower actual hemp flower. It's not just some bullshit that they grow in a ditch to roll up and stick inside a cigarette if you've tried those. These are high quality strains. There's six to actually, uh, you know, boost your, your general activities, man. Relax, peace, create, hustle, energy, dream. All of those can have a benefit to you depending on what you're looking for in a CBD product. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about these are instead of just having some low-rent, basic-ass CBD flower, they actually get all the CBD they can out of the product as opposed to just, you know, enough to make it work. I've enjoyed it thus far. It looks like bud. It tastes like bud. It smells like bud. I can't believe it's not Buddha. You can go to their website, cushydreams.com. K-U-S-H-Y. Use your promo code POBOYS, you get 15% off your first order. They actually sell little canisters of prepackaged CBD bud. Uh, nitrogen sealed, they ship it right to your house, man. Or you can get a pre-rolled, a fat little joint cone, man. You can toke on that. The prices of the strains can go up, down. There's going to be a product for you, no matter what your budget is, no matter what your ailment is. So guys, go there and check it out. Use the promo code, get a little discount, and actually smoke your CBD. Because you fucking can. Trying to fuck Miley Cyrus. Bo Blues Clowns. Damn it.